And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. This is the Hagman and Hagman Report for today. Welcome, folks, to our to our broadcast. Got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, two very special people, Gary Haven and Steve Quayle. Uh, I don't know how many people remember the uh, Haiti earthquake, January 12, 2010, and, of course, uh, Hurricane Matthew that just happened in October of this year. Talk about a trip or a double, uh, double death blow or double blow to the nation of Haiti. The island of Haiti, a lot of people, um, in fact, a, a quarter of the population and uh, just about homeless, displaced. Uh, with respect to the earthquake, uh, oh, man, hundreds of thousands dead. And uh, it, it's just it, it, an incredible, incredible tale. Well, of course, you had the Clinton Foundation and uh, Bill Clinton going down there, U.N. Special Envoy Bill Clinton, of course, the Clinton Foundation as well. We're going to hear a lot about that tonight with our guests before we get to them. I just want to remind everyone that portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by omahasteaks.com. That's omahasteaks.com. In the search bar, put HH. That's omahasteaks.com. You want, you want a, a perfect gift for the holidays? It's Omaha Steaks. You cannot go wrong. They've got over 500, 500 different, uh, different kinds of gifts there. Um, and the best quality, best age cuts of beef. OmahaSteaks.com. OmahaSteaks.com in the search bar. HH for Hagman Specials. And again, our, uh, guest, Steve Quell, SteveQuell.com and Gary Haven. Joe, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss it to you and, uh, you can bring them up. Yeah, we, uh, we have both guests standing by. Just a quick note. Uh, you did the Alex Jones show today. Oh, yeah. Which went yeah. really well. Uh, I was on, uh, the Common Sense show with Dave Hodges last night. And that was a, a very good show also. Uh, so check those interviews out if you guys have time. And tonight we have in the first hour with us right now Steve Quayle and Gary Haven. Yeah, Steve, we'll kick it over to you, sir. Well, what a privilege it is to be on with you guys and to have Gary back from Haiti, who spent the last five weeks down in Haiti. And, Doug, we're having a crisis that there's a war against truth, and there's nothing or no one that contend what's gone on, on in Haiti. And probably the greatest ripoff and the greatest cover-up of a ripoff financially relating to the Haitians and the whole recovery effort, obviously going through Hillary Clinton, obviously going through the Clinton Foundation. So with no further ado, I'll bring on Gary and let him share just from an eyewitness. And, and I got news for you. If he goes with the stories to tell that are out there, everyone's uh, draw should be, uh, excuse me, their jaw should be hitting the ground. Hi, Gary. Hey, Steve. You know, I feel like I'm at home. Uh, uh, I order all my steaks from, from Omaha Steakhouse. <laughs> it's a wonderful product. Uh, I, I, Doug, you wrote a wonderful article uh, uh preceding this interview today and I sent it to Alex Jones and they posted they just sent me a note they posted it uh, uh, wonderful uh, review of Haiti very very well done 
Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, you know, it, it, Mr. Haven, it, it is such a travesty. If people knew the truth, if the truth wasn't blocked out, as Steve said, um, pe- there would be a revolt. But you're, you're doing so much great work, so much. It, it, people don't know the work you're doing. A one-man United Nations, basically, Mr. Haven is doing. Uh, I cannot say enough great about you, but but go ahead, sir. Yeah, thank, thank you for those kind words, Doug. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's... If you know Jesus, you you you, you got to be about his business, and and all of us, uh, in order for a privilege to be to be on your show and, and to be talking to my good friend Steve, um, when when uh, when people are in distress, uh, particularly people that live in a country that don't know Jesus, and I'm not saying there's not a lot of great Christians in Haiti. There are, in fact, there's wonderful ministries in Haiti that have been serving there for years and being there particularly for five weeks living in Haiti, responding to this hurricane. Uh, that was one of the great things I got out of it, just meeting these people. Uh, there was a doctor, uh, her name is Catherine Wolf, and, and she's a medical doctor from, from Minnesota, and she's been living in Haiti for 39 years. And she was uh, serving a community of a couple hundred thousand people that live on top of this mountain, and, 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 and she's pretty much the only doc in town and you know they were devastated up there, and and we were bringing in loads of food that went to her her uh, medical program to, to feed these people who lost all their crops. And so that was such a great part of it. Let me tell the audience what what really was going on in Haiti. I've been calling it the uh, the hidden Holocaust, and, and and the reason I'm calling it that is that nobody really knows about what happened there, and and I believe that they don't know because the Clinton Foundation was so vulnerable. Now, just coming up to the election, if the American people had realized what a miserable, thieving witch uh, uh, that, that Hillary is, they collected over $2 billion, that's with a B, dollars for, for relief in Haiti. And according to the president of the Haitian Senate, uh, only 2%, that's one, two, 2% of the $2 billion went to any of the Haitians. Uh, and I'm there... Uh, with three of my aircraft and, and bringing food as fast as I can and, and getting it out to these people. And when the hurricane went through that peninsula, uh, over a million people uh, were affected. Ninety percent of them lost, lost the roofs to their homes. They lost their crops. They lost their fruit trees, their animals. And they were literally starving. And there was, was virtually, it was a media blackout. And again, I think it was to protect the, the Clintons. You know, the mainstream media has been exposed uh, is an absolute corrupt uh, group of people. And, and your audience, of course, knows that 95% of mainstream media is owned by six corporations, and they all sit on each other's boards. It's nothing but propaganda. Uh, and they were so exposed over this election cycle that, that, that millions of Americans have, have woken up and realized they've been lied to by the, these medias that they get their information from. And Haiti was a great example because they they literally uh, uh, put a death sentence on a million Haitians because they wouldn't tell the story because they were trying to provide cover for, for uh, the Clinton Foundation and their grand theft uh, from the poorest uh, of the people in this hemisphere. So I was able to go over there and and, uh, and meet a need that was simply being unmet. We did have the U.S. military, but it was for one week. Uh, and the UN was there, but it's such a corrupt, miserable uh, organization that uh, they, they, the food that was available was not getting to those starving children. 
So the, and, and this is not going away uh, until they get crops in the ground and get a chance to, to rebuild their lives. Uh, they're they're vulnerable for famine, and famine is the next thing that that's going to happen. It's happening now, and uh, we've uh, we were there for five weeks with our three aircraft. And we found ourselves flying food from Port-au-Prince out to these uh, areas that had been devastated. And I, I, it was really neat. I was able to bring two reporters from InfoWars, and they spent four days with me over there. They brought drones. They were able to film the, the, the cities that had been just wiped away. It looked like Hiroshima. And uh, they were able to tell the story about what we were doing there. And during that time, we flew uh, doctors and food out to these areas that uh, were so hard hit. And it turned out we were the only air evac from two of the major cities, Don Marie and Jeremy. And so if someone had been injured in a hurricane, uh, their only uh, escape to medical care uh, was, was my aircraft flying them. The U.N. wouldn't fly wounded. The U.S. military wouldn't fly wounded. So we would go out with food and doctors and come back in with the wounded. And, and we did this for most of the five weeks. And, you know, when a when a doctor saves somebody, saves their lives, it's a neat neat experience. But there's a thousand other doctors that could have saved somebody. Well, in Haiti, my aircraft uh, was the only uh, rescue that these people had, and they were from uh, preemie babies up to an 80 year old man who, whose tibia bone had had uh, with a compound fracture was was protruding out of his leg. We were putting these people on the planes and bringing them back to the hospitals. In fact, uh, uh, I had to actually pay the hospital bills on the people we brought back because there, there was no support system for, for these injured people. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm 61 years old, so I've done a lot of, you know, interesting things in my life. But this was life-changing, to be able to, to, to be the one person that saves lives every day uh, was, was a remarkable experience. And, you know, it, when God tells you to go... Uh, if you love him, you go, and and you, you, you you'll be amazed at the doors that open, the favor that comes over you, the protection, and and I got to experience that for five weeks as we were rescuing these people and feeding children and, and providing the transport for the medical care, and it was just a remarkable experience that uh, uh, I'm so grateful that uh, you know when God asked who would go. Uh, you know, I didn't just say me, I shouted it. And, you know, I've been working in Haiti for five, almost six years now, uh, since the earthquake. And we've been feeding about 10,000 children a day uh, in that country. So when the hurricane went over, you know, it was just natural for me to, particularly as a pilot, to, to, to uh, uh, get my resources and go there and meet the needs. And, and what was most fascinating was that with, with the U.N. and with the... Uh, U.S. military there, that God would use me in, in such a remarkable role. I mean, literally the only air ambulance and literally the only person bringing food to thousands of people. Uh, there were so few resources there. And again, I think if the American media had been there doing their job and, and, and told the American public, told the world uh, about what had happened, what's going on right now, that uh, there would have been a much greater response. Uh, but they, they kept it a secret. And, and so my role there became much larger than uh, I would have ever imagined. And, and, and 
so rewarding to, to be able to, to, to literally hold a child and and place uh, the, the, the child in the care of a physician in the, in the capital so that their, their, their needs can be met. So just remarkable. And I'm you know, obviously still involved there. We're, we're kind of in phase two now. We're, we're shipping in uh, two containers a week of food. That's 90,000 pounds. And, and uh, right after the first year, we're going to go to phase three. I'm going to probably buy a ship so that I can bring in literally millions of pounds of food. Uh, and pretty well, much, it, uh, I mean, it, the UN's it, there. Mr. There. Mr. Haven, I, yeah. I, I, don't mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but j- just to frame this, and, and Steve, just to frame this, this uh, Haiti, subsequent to the earthquake, USAID, $13.3 billion with a B dollars of aid that was collected from international um, co- I mean, oh, countries. So, thirteen point three four billion, to be exact, um, collected for the rebuilding of the infrastructure, the uh, tr- treatment of, of whatever was needed in Haiti. And at the time, the Department of State, through U.S. Uh, AID, uh, was charged or tasked with the distribution of that money. And of course, that fell to the Department of State, Cheryl Mills, and then the uh, uh, the other uh, the I. Uh, IHRC, which was the Rebuilding Commission, of which Bill Clinton and uh, the former Prime Minister of Haiti had shared. So, uh, 13, despite $13.3 billion, it, it looked, uh, um, Haiti looks like the day after the earthquake, essentially, for the most part, right? I mean, yeah. It, yeah you know, okay. They, they right. just very hey, recently removed. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, rubble. Jerry. Yeah, I was just saying they just very recently got to the rubble. Of the city that had collapsed, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you know the the problem was you had people like uh, Bill Clinton influencing where the money went, and, and of course it went to uh, uh, getting his brother-in-law brought uh, uh, his first name Rodham, uh, Hillary's brother, the first gold concession uh, uh, been issued in that in that country for years, and you know and they built a factory. Matter of fact, Doug, your article is wonderful. I encourage everybody to go to your website and. and read it. Uh, very, very well done. It explains the whole process of the corruption uh, that's there. And, and it's typical. Uh, uh, anytime you have Democrats in particular, but just bureaucrats uh, managing money, uh, uh, you know, it, it tends to, to, to go into the crony capitalism uh, that, that, that these corrupt people, uh, uh, it's the only thing they know. And Steve, Ooh. Go, go ahead, Steve. My question is, where in the world are, are, are the other people of means? Uh, where are the celebrities who celebrated, you know, the uh, big industrial park down there? Where in the world are they right now? But go ahead, Steve. Well, well, they're clipping coupons because they are part of the scam. You know, when I coined the term, and I've said it on Alex's show, and I've said it on your show so many times, rape, pillage, and plunder, I used to say United States is going under. But until you understand that globalists are nothing more than plunderers, pirates, and the quintessential practitioners of uh, global genocide, you get a feel. You know, one of the things I want Gary to explain, Doug, is because when we talk about hunger and starvation, most of us, now there are others, and, and Jamie W., who is down, you met Jamie, uh, Gary, what a neat guy. There's some pretty amazing people, just just some of the coolest people. Jamie went to, uh, uh, with Jeremiah, over to, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq when they were over there, actually trying to, you know, make a difference, and they did when God used them with the Kurds. But anyway, the thing is, is that 
I don't think people are desperate. I don't think the United States, especially the American citizenry, even has a clue what all of the, and in my words, manipulated weather and manipulated uh, uh, geoengineering is going to do the food supply. But Gary, share what the face of starvation looks like and share what would happen when your planes would come in to basically goat trails. And if, you, if you've seen uh, some of the pictures that have been put up on the Haven Foundation on my website, the link there, I mean, share what the face of starvation looks like because people think of starvation on just kind of a massive overview, but they don't see it like you did. People starving to death? And obviously, Haiti is just probably the most uh, recent example, but the, the globalists don't give a darn, I'll be very careful here, uh, about the lives of anybody but themselves. So, you know, you can see it. Rape, pillage, and plunder, the goal was to put Haiti under. And you even, without naming names, you even encountered that when you reached out to some of your fellow friends who have uh, deep pockets, did you not? Yeah, I was really, you know, I've got a lot of friends that are billionaires. And, uh, uh, I, you know, it, it, being wealthy, I never asked for anything from anybody. And, and so, you know, there I was in the midst of that, and I needed uh, transport. I needed uh, uh, freight brought in because we were, we were trying to buy uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds of food and get it over there. And, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, it, 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 it was really disappointing. Um, and, and so that was frustrating. But, but I'll tell you, Steve, you just asked a big, wide question. Let me, let me expand on it a little bit. Uh, I would... Uh, would uh, load my aircraft up from Port-au-Prince and, and, and fly it out to, to, to this desperate area. That was the, the runway was a narco field built to bring in narcotics. and uh, Maybe they did some good after all. We were able to bring in a plane with 2,500 pounds of food. And, and uh, you know, the first day we did it, there were 500 starving people there and they hadn't eaten in about 10 days. And, and you know, most of them are children. And uh, we would unload the plane and, and, uh, uh, and kind of repackage it into to personal uh, size uh, uh, bags and, and then have people line up and hand it out. Well, day two, there was 1,000 people. Day three, there was, there was 2,000 people. By, by day seven, there was 4,000 people there. And we were having to bring in three planes a day you know, with 7,500 pounds of food just to meet the need that was there. And uh, I remember the first day I flew in, the Brazilian Army was supposed to be there guarding the airport. And again, I use the word airport very loosely because it was a goat field. In fact, you had to fly over the field uh, low uh, before you landed for them to get their goats and cattle off the field that were grazing and to come back in and, uh, and, and land. And then uh, 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 the first day, the Brazilian Army was not there. Uh, I was back alone, me and you know, probably uh, 500 starving people. And, uh, you know, I got off the plane, and, and the, they came running at the plane. And, and they didn't just run. They were yelling and fighting. And uh, I thought to myself, uh-oh, <laughs> this, this isn't going to work out very well. And uh, um, yeah, maybe should, I shouldn't say this, but I had a weapon on the plane. And I thought uh, to myself, hmm, if... Uh, if I shoot the mob, it's probably just going to piss them off. <laughs> so I left it alone. I figured God got, God, God yeah, got me there. Yeah. So, you know, he'll get me out of there. And, and you know, to calm down, and, and, and uh, kind of the posse arrived, and we were able to, to get things back under control. 
I was mobbed another time by a thousand people. Uh, they were impatient with the with the food distribution. You got to realize these people are starving, and, and uh, um, you know you can't really blame them. It, it was a great experience for me to see what desperate people will do, and uh, uh, it it the mob just kind of started to rush the food, and, and uh, I was standing in the middle of the melee, and uh, I had a bodyguard there, an ex-Marine who's a Haitian, and, and and as these thousand people went tearing by us, and again, they're yelling and fighting and, and trying to grab the food, but but I'd been there a couple of weeks, so this was, you know, not it wasn't as alarming as it might have been the first day, but uh, with this whole thing going on around us, uh, the, my bodyguard and I just kind of looked at each other and shrugged our shoulders. <laughs> it, it was like a scene out of a Western movie. Uh, uh, the town had just kind of gone to, you know, where it, it, all we could do was just calmly walk out of this melee. And we got on the plane, and I looked at him, and I said, well, we need a, we need a better plan. <laughs> and then we came back the next day. Uh, I'd actually Googled emergency food distribution. Believe it or not, there's a lot of stuff online. And, and uh, the next day, we came out with stakes and rope and, and uh, a magic marker to mark people's thumbs and, and, uh, and all the But, uh, <clears throat> you know, my movie, uh, Amerigeddon, which is what most people know me for now, uh, it, it depicts a time in America where where the power goes out from a from an EMP, and 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 I think God gave me a preview of that because you know there was obviously no power, no water, and uh, and there were there were masses of starving people, which is what I depict in my movie is is happening, and um, I actually got to see firsthand what desperate people would do for food, and, and I got to tell you it ain't pretty. And when you consider that the average American has three days of food in storage, uh, uh, you know what's going to happen in America when people are hungry? What are they willing to do to feed their families? And uh, uh, you know, I encourage people to watch my movie Amerigeddon. Uh, go to americageddon dot com and uh, uh, the website. Go to your website, Steve, and uh, you know, and, and get that. <clears throat> and now's a good time because you know we've got a little reprieve here with, with uh, Trump being elected, but uh, our country still faces the the, the globalists and their ultimate plans. And, uh, you know, would the globalists value the lives of these poor Haitians, or would they consider that part of their depopulation plan? And I tell you, all the actions that I saw in Haiti, uh, the, 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 the miserable response of, uh, of people with resources, people with influence, you know, like the, the, the Clinton Foundation, they don't care about these people. Uh, in, in fact, I, I think they care so little they, they see them as expendable, or as Kissinger says, useless eaters. And you know, I, I think you've got, if not, if you don't have to be a Christian, you at least have to value people that you're equal, no matter their, 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 the state that they're in. And, and you know, I was picking up these little Haitian babies and saving their lives because uh, I, I may be a wealthy guy, but my life is no. Uh, has no greater value in God's eyes than the lives of these little children, and so people like us are called to to to, to meet the needs of, of of those that are less fortunate. And um, uh, uh, you know, here in America, we need to be mindful of our blessings and the responsibility that comes with those blessings. We have got to be able, to, willing to go where God tells us to go. Absolutely. Well, 
You know, Doug, one of the things, and Gary, that's really concerning, the war now against truth-telling is, you know, you can understand the prophet who cried out, woe unto them who call evil good and good evil, because now the full globalist push is against the truth. And obviously when uh, cronyism and crony, and I call it pillagism, okay, rape and pillagism is covering for each other's uh, income stream. You're never going to get the truth. So I'm encouraging everybody to take what Gary is sharing with you to heart. And one of the things about Amerigeddon, by the way, Gary, you know, the top briefing that uh, President-elect Trump is getting is on the North Koreans. And I think that most people don't understand how terrorism or national terrorism works. Someone always pays the terrorist organization, group, or individuals. There's always money behind the action. That's If there's a golden rule in understanding terrorism, that's it. So North Korea even now is becoming more, uh, uh, how do I say this, more hateful in their posturing. But the number one concern, and notice this, the current establishment that has ruled in infamy and basically destroyed U.S. military, in my opinion, destroyed our ability to defend ourselves, uh, allowed the barbarians outside the gates to come in the gates, it has promulgated an atmosphere where basically the North Korean EMP is just about a, a, a feat of accomplishment. And so the thing is, is that when it happens, again, you know, I mean, any of us, we're used to, we're used to if you will, the planned behaviors we deal with them. We go flip the switch, you expect the lights come on. You go to the faucet, you expect the water, you flush the toilet, you expect the toilet to flush. But I think what what Gary is describing, forgive me, I know what Gary is describing, is so far off the radar. And the reason, obviously, uh, for the mainstream press, the vomit brokers, as I call them, uh, the, the sewage-sipping, lying devils from hell who are steeped in the cauldrons of the darkest recesses of the earth. That's where they all graduate from, by the way, in my opinion. In my opinion. The point being is that what we're seeing, Doug and Joe, and obviously Gary is seeing it firsthand, and those who are down there, are absolute, the manifestation of the hatred and contempt for humanity expressed through the devil and his agents. And now you understand the scripture really clearly that Jesus said, if he didn't shorten the days, there'd be no flesh left alive. Multiply Hades' earthquake and its hurricane with the stuff getting ready to go on in the United States. And I'm Steve, telling you hold this. that thought. Yeah. We're, we're coming up against the, the break. When we come back, we're going to pick up right where you left off. Um, and we're, t- we're talking with Gary Haven and Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com about uh, Gary's recent trip to Haiti and what he saw and experienced as uh, feeding thousands of people. We'll be right back. Stay with us. talking with Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com and Gary Haven, talking about Gary Haven's recent trip to Haiti and um, the role that he's played in Haiti since the earthquake and hurricane, uh, Hurricane Matthew, 
in helping to uh, feed and, and house uh, so many people from Haiti who've been devastated by these natural disasters. I'm going to throw it back to you, Steve, and let you continue on the what you were talking about before the, the break. Well, I want everybody to see Drudge's headline because this fits into what Gary and I are talking about, and obviously his movie Amerigeddon, because, and this is the headlines from the Financial Times. Social media groups join forces to counter online terror content. Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and Twitter develop technology to identify extremism. I, let me share what they're doing because, again, they're trying to take control and totally, totally enforce their narrative on the people through all remaining news sources, websites, etc. So those of you who have seen myself, Alex Jones, InfoWars, all the different uh, uh uh, if you will, alternative newspapers, Mike Adams National News, I mean, there's 200 of them put on the list, you know, and if there is an attorney out there that's got the, what I call the uh, Gary Haven factor, the T3, you know, and you got thyroid T1, T2, and T3, titanium testicles, and I'm serious about that, then please contact me because, again, uh, something's got to be done. I, I hope everybody understands that. One more time, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and Twitter developed technology to identify extremism. That same technology would never tell the truth about Haiti, would never tell the truth about any place, because again, let me make it plain for everyone, and bottom line blunt, the United Nations does not exist to save lives, Doug, you quoted it earlier, or Joe did, one of you guys did, on uh, Henry Kissinger, War is a Weapon. Uh, the thing is, is that this is where we're at now. This is the truth police, this is the truth patrol, and you know, when Alex named his uh, uh, broadcast and his website, Infowars.com. Uh, let no mistake be made. This is a war, and this is a real war. And the way that Gary portrays the United Nations, I call them the United Disgustlings, okay, is absolutely correct. But it goes way beyond that. You can just uh, basically uh, go on any Internet search engine and uh, look up uh, United Nations uh, military crimes and some of them are flat-out cannibalism, and that's not an exaggeration. So, what am I saying? I'm saying that probably for this holiday season, whether you like the holidays or not, uh, whether you celebrate or not, you ought to make sure that Amerigeddon is given to everybody that you know is starting to get it. Because what I'm going to say is this, is that if you don't get it, you're ultimately going to pay. And the price you're going to pay is going to be beyond your measure. And at this point, Doug, at this point, Joe and Gary, the number one concern in everybody's uh, bucket list or things to do or things they must attain, it's food first. And, and, and the thing that will happen is obvious as people begin to be ostracized, uh, I'll turn it right over to you, Gary. There's a formula that I've always spoken about for 25 years on talk radio. Identify, vilify, nullify, destroy. We are now, anybody who tells the truth is being vilified by by blocking our access to the web, we're going to be nullified. And guess what? When the official uh, words from the mainstream vomit brokers, you'll never know that so-and-so was just murdered or this went down or that went down. And that's why it's critical to have an alternative, uh, an alternative communication system. So with that, I'll turn it back to Gary. And Gary, uh, are, you, are you running a special with another DVD or anything uh, in the deal or 
or you know, because I know that you're still on Alex's website, mine, Doug's, Dave Hodges, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But are, is there anything out there that you know that I don't know about? Because I haven't talked to you more than a couple times since you've been gone all this time. Well, we did a, a special Christmas price, uh, uh, fourteen ninety five uh, uh, for the Amerigeddon uh, uh, movie, and uh, people can go to your website, stevewell dot com, and, and and order it. So, and it's a chance to support your uh, tremendous efforts out there. Although I want to say congratulations, uh, you were you are now counted among the two hundred uh, websites that uh, are uh, Russian secret agents. Uh, uh, Steve, I didn't know that about you. Uh, 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 it came as a surprise to me. Yeah, well, it does to me, too, since a lot of my critics have considered me and called me a CIA agent, a duplicitous, this, that, and the other thing, but it's it's a badge of honor. And I tell everybody this, the control that's going to be exercised over your life, this is an attack on the First Amendment, this is an attack on every amendment, and the thing is, because the Word of God says that men lark, excuse me, men like darkness over the light. And ladies and gentlemen, we call these people... I'll use the monster term. When these when these entities are the shadow monsters, and now the attack, Doug, you know this, and you're, I don't know, is your report ready uh, pretty soon on, let's call it what it is, pedophile gate, Satan gate, child sacrifice gate, Molech gate, but pizza gate, forget the pizza gate. That's just to take away from the abhorrent, disgusting, perverted, twisted, uh, uh, if you will, uh, events that are going on the higher echelons of power. Look, lust is the appetite of demons expressed to humans. And what, what I've been writing about for 25 years, 30 years, is basically the cannibalism that takes place. And the cannibalism that's being portrayed in WikiLeaks is off the charts. The blood sacrifices, the occult rituals. You know, the one thing they have in common? Two things, actually. Blood cannibalism and also sexual perversion. Now, what you're dealing with is two life forces there. You're dealing with the original force of life, meaning you're allowed to live, and then the procreative force of life, which is obviously what God gave to mankind to, to let us make our children in our image. You know, God let us, if you will, partake in one of the greatest creative miracles. Now, that doesn't go unnoticed by the henchmen from hell. Okay, so the social media groups are joining forces to counter online terror content. By the way, I hope Mr. Trump realizes it was guys like Alex Jones, Michael Savage, those of us who are out there talking, you, I, all over uh, about, you know, the need to change. It was the alternative media that brought the truth to the people. It was not the 93 or 97% liar. So, Doug, where are you in this? Because, again, it's critical that people understand that, look, we... we when I say reprieve, someone took me to task on that, a, a Christian. Let me say this. You can go to the book of Revelation, and Jesus even gave Jezebel space to repent. So space to repent is a biblical principle. It is a timed, limited principle. There comes a, a position in time, or a point in time, where that grace runs out. So uh, so this is not the time to rest on our laurels, or, or to stay on our behinds. It's a time to basically rise up, stand up for Jesus, and what Gary said, you know, again, when God tells you to do it, do it. And one of the things we're all charged to do is to bear witness to the light, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, this is 
not the time for keyboard warriors. Some of us have been in that world, but we're out there putting our money where our mouth is. And I can tell you this, all the other critics do is put their criticism where we lay our lives on the line. So, uh, you know, to be privileged to be among the 200, great. And ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you this, that Amerigen will make probably the best, uh, and I'm serious, look, every video, people forget about stuff. So I'm saying uh, during this month of December into January, have a New Year's Eve party, and I'm seriously, you know, obviously people say, hey, Quail's telling everybody to go out and get drunk. No, I'm not saying that, but have people over for dinner. Put the put the DVD on the screen, and then discuss it. And if you got liberal friends like I no longer have, that's a, that's a story in itself. I got rid of the two most liberal friends I ever had, and the deal is, is it was by mutual disgust, I might add, uh, them towards me, me towards them, but I see God doing a wonderful thing, Gary. I see him raising up people that will respond to him, and people will get the message. By the way, once again, America and the central premise about the EMP, and don't forget this, nobody is, uh, their hands are not clean of Kim Jong-un. The guy is basically getting paid, getting paid off, and he'll press a button when he's told to. Doug, where are you at in the whole pedophile gate thing? Steve, very quickly, uh, probably by the end of the week, uh, we have a couple of guests coming on revealing even more information about this. The um, Interestingly, very quickly, the images that, that uh, were transmitted in the Podesta one of the a couple actually of the Podesta emails, uh, the data sizes don't uh, are not consistent with the size of the the regular size of the image, and I'm not talking about high definition. So there appears to be some data encryption with the images, and um, and that, that's not a secret. So I'm not talking out of school. Uh, I'm uh, there are citizen investigators out there hitting those images with brute force, attempting to uh, uh, break the encryption. Uh, steganalysis is what it's called officially. Uh, that said, by the end of the week, I should have a good handle on the entire thing. And, and uh, I'm looking at the really a book-length uh, article, I mean, a book-length report. You know, uh, it, uh, my son Jason sent me something that tied this all together. Uh, there's a young woman in Haiti named Monica Peterson. Uh, Steve, I sent you that to, oh, yeah. to put on your, on your website. Uh, she was working for the Human Trafficking Center. And uh, two Sundays to go, uh, she was suicided, and I, and I say that because she was investigating the uh, uh, abduction of children uh, that, that was affiliated with Hillary Clinton. And uh, uh, this young woman who was volunteering her time to be in Haiti uh, suddenly has decided she's going to kill herself. And we don't have enough information. We can't get the information that's being withheld. But it looks like there's one more... Uh, person on the Clinton death list, uh, and this was after the election. You know, I kind of thought I'd get a reprieve. Uh, uh, you know, being someone who exposes uh, the, the the Clinton uh, thefts and, 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 and all the other things they do, the pedophilia. You know, Bill Clinton's a, a, a violent rapist, and, and uh, you know, and I'm talking about these things frequently. And I know I'm in company with you guys, so, uh, having the courage to to speak openly about this. Well, Monica Peterson, a very young woman, uh, early 20s, was there uh, uh, investigating uh, the, the Clintons and this human trafficking thing, and, uh, and she was suicided just two Sundays ago. So, even though they're not in, uh, uh, you know, in, in office or, or uh, hopefully uh, expecting to be in office, there's still people that are being killed 
that are trying to expose the Clintons and their corruption. And corruption is just a very mild word. You know, this whole pedophilia deal that's going on right now with uh, Pizzagate, as you referred to, Steve, uh, uh, this is rampant. And, and, and this is so obvious now. And if anybody's doing their research on what happened at that pizzeria in Washington and the, and the, the, the emails and the WikiLeaks uh, that have been exposed to it, it is time to wake up. And, you know, it's hard for people like us to, to, to you know, get our head around the fact that there are people this evil. There are people that will uh, practice pedophilia, uh, uh, and, and most of these people are, are simply demonic. You know, they believe they acquire power from, from raping children and taking their lives. And we're talking about Hillary Clinton and, and Bill Clinton, and there's enough evidence now where they have participated and covered you know, everything from Jeffrey Epstein's uh, uh, Rape Island uh, that Bill Clinton's been to multiple times in the Lolita Express. And, and uh, the thing about uh, what Trump has accomplished is, first of all, he's given us permission to talk about those things that are politically correct uh, and not let the language police shout us down or try to ridicule us into silence. Uh, we, he's given us a pass on this. We, we can talk about these things. And if, and if people dare ridicule us for saying things like Bill Clinton is 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 known is a violent rapist, uh, you know Paula Jones uh, 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 was awarded eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars from Bill Clinton for the sexual uh, assault that he committed on her. We need to take advantage of this time and talk about these things. Uh, and and when the media comes after you right now, it's really easy to easy for us to say to ABC or NBC, uh, you guys are lying scumbags, and this election process exposed you. So I value nothing you have to say. You, know, you, you, you are corrupt, miserable. You're even complicit in the covering the pedophilia that's going on. We finally have the upper hand. And I think Clinton's, uh, uh, Clinton's loss and, and Trump's uh, uh, win is given, God has given us a reprieve. And, boy, we better take advantage of this time we've got. We need to take advantage of the fact that we can speak openly about what's really going on in the corruption of Washington and the, and the, 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 the Satanism of the elitist. You know, people that would see that the, these children in Haiti uh, would, would simply be uh, forwarding their goal to de- depopulation. This is how bad these people are. And, and as hard as it is for us to get our heads around this, uh, whether we like it or not, evil exists, and it exists in our midst. It exists in our in our corners of power, and 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 we've got to talk about it. We've got to educate people. I'm going to be on Jim Baker tomorrow, uh, uh, which will be taped and be on next week. And uh, everywhere we go, we need to talk uh, and have these conversations, as ugly as they may be, because it's our it's got it's our chance to to take our country back. It's our chance to take our culture back. And, and as uncomfortable as it is, uh, this is the conversation that we should all be having right now. No, you're exactly right. And the, you know, the level of, of darkness that these, these people operate in is um, just astounding. And to anybody who does just the smallest amount of research or, you know, spends some time doing the research into this, you'll see that there's a lot more to it than uh, what's going on in the mainstream news. And this is ties into, you know, Dave Hodges did a story on this about this new um, 
bill that's coming out where they're they're tying the fake news and Russia propaganda, and this is what you mentioned earlier, trying to uh, and social media sites, as you said, Steve, uh, Facebook, Twitter, are you know um, now putting algorithms into to stop what they call fake news. It's all an attempt to censor the truth from the public. It is yeah, so it, obvious now. Yeah, Mr. Haven, uh, one thing, and, and I just want to uh, touch on this because we're going to run out of time if I don't. Um, I wanted to mention, when you were in Haiti, and, and you've been in Haiti, folks, uh, Gary Haven has, has run a rescue mission that would put the U.N. to shame, basically, um, uh, where USAID has failed. Gary Haven has done so single-handedly. Um, but I, in, in connection with Haiti, Pizzagate, all of this, whatever you want to call it, Pedogate, um, there was a woman by the name of Laura Silsby. She was uh, connected high up to or connected to the uh, Clinton Foundation. Laura Silsby um, was arrested leaving Haiti with 33 children. Ostensibly, she was rescuing these children. Well, there's a problem with that. Um, as Laura Silsby was going into the Dominican Republic, the, uh, the, the, the authorities there said, had interviewed the children, and instead of it being a rescue operation, they accused Laura Silsby of kidnapping. It was a kidnapping operation, child kidnapping operation, allegedly. And, you know, I, I'm just couching it here. Well, well okay. Doc, the 33, the 33 is the yes. giveaway, okay? Absolutely. And just like it's just like the original reports. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to notice something. The immediate reports of any news story of most, uh, what we would call, you know, heinous, whether, or, or disgusting murders or anything, when you see 33 first before the number starts to climb, like in the, uh, the, the inferno, I, I hope people understand that that warehouse was basically run by Satanists, was run by, uh, some of the most disgusting people in the world, but the original report, the reports that came out on the Daily Mail, you know, uh, basically it was 33, 33, 33. So again, that Laura Silsby would get caught with 30K. When that happens, the news basically goes out to all the Illuminas, she's one of ours. And you mark my word, she'll get off unless she knows too much and they whack her. So please, everybody, keep that in mind when you're, when you're seeing this number 33. It's not chance. It's not basically basically a bunch of odds makers in Vegas, you know, coming up with that. It is the illuminous signal that they're behind it. So when you see 33 people dead, 33 people burned, 33 children being stolen, kidnapped, what what you've got to understand is that this is the people that control every form of mainstream media. And I'm going to call everybody tonight that's a Christian, that's a believing prayer warrior, that is an uh, 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 redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is a, a practicing intercessor to home in on this, that God is going to fulfill his word, that he's going to expose how incredibly evil those in our government leadership are, and I want you to not give up, I want you to not quit, I want you to not just go half-heartedly, because if we don't get this thing exposed by the power of God, thank you, Doug, for your efforts and everybody out there that's warring in this realm, but you guys who are investigators need to be backed up by literally the army of heaven, and I don't believe that's BS, I don't believe that's Christian 
uh, praying to some pie in the sky. That's what you know. Some of my critics always accuse me of. I know this that God answers prayer. That we got a reprieve because God has people humbled Himself. And for all you waiting for the day of the Lord, as Pastor Langford said, you don't have to worry about uh, uh, going after trouble. Your troubles are coming to you. They're coming to all of us. But please, Christians, please intercessors, please those of you who are bought by the blood of the Lamb, pray, come against, ask God to show you the spirits behind these pedophile, satanic, ritual, uh, murderous, monstrous cannibals, and that God will reveal it. And no matter what they do to cover it, and your basis of scripture is saying, Lord, your word, your word says that there's nothing that's hidden, been hidden that isn't going to be revealed. So I'm serious, Doug, and if you would be so kind the rest of the week, r- remind people every night on your show that we've got to pray, we've got to press in. We've got to basically say, you know, we're not going to give up on this thing. And, and again, for those of you that want to understand where half-heartedness leads, it will lead to not their defeat, but our defeat. And again, it's critical. I'm telling you this. It's critical. And then pray for Gary and, and, and thank the Lord. You know, when I would talk to you, Gary, from, uh, you know, a couple times on the phone, but uh, text messages and stuff, I can honestly say you were delivered by the very God that sent you there in the first place. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, it was. You know, the first week, uh, there was a couple other volunteer planes doing what we were doing, and one of them flew into a thunderstorm, broke apart, and they never found the three bodies. So it was it was dangerous. Uh, 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 one of the helicopters uh, was, was distributing food with the, with the rotor running, and, and uh, the, the, the mob got impatient. And, and they ran into the helicopter, and two of them ran into the tail rotor and uh, 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 literally cut their heads off. And, and uh, uh, they had a, a mob uh, uh, attack a barge bringing food, and the federales there shot into the crowd, uh, shot eight people and killed three of them. The trucks, the convoys that were delivering food were being attacked. Uh, and again, it's not necessarily because these people are bad people. They're, they're, they were just starving, and they were doing whatever they could to feed their families. So uh, uh, after living there for five weeks and flying in these conditions every day, you know, I realized that God provided not just protection but favor to be able to do what we did. So it was a, a remarkable thing. You know, Doug, you were talking about uh, Silsby and, and you know, kind of the rest of that story is, uh, thanks to WikiLeaks, we now see where uh, uh, Aberdeen, who was Hillary Clinton's right-hand person, was 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 pitching her on c- continually on what was going on, and, and uh, Hillary uh, uh, actively uh, participated in the hiring of an attorney, who, who by the way, happens to be a, a convicted uh, pedophile himself, uh, to defend uh, uh, Laura Silsby. So... That the Clintons just reek of of not just stealing from these people, but but uh, uh, pedophilia and uh, and murder with this young woman uh, two weeks ago. Uh, it, man, it, 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 it is so. You're right. God going to reveal everything. Amen to that. And I, I have to authenticate or validate this, verify this, but it, it uh, all indications are Laura Silsby uh, is now out of jail. And uh, thanks to the 
uh, attorney who was up on charges himself. But the bottom line is she's apparently, and I, again, I have to verify this, but reports are she's working for the equivalent of Amber Alert Systems under the name Laura uh, Gaylor. So th- there you go. Yeah, you know, if, if if somebody were to write a book about this, no one would believe it. No, that's true. Yep. It's amazing. Well, again, you know, Doug, I want to chime in because I know we're just about out of time. I think that, number one, I'd like to thank each and every one of you that basically uh, responded to Gary to standing with him. And I know that it touched his heart. Look, you, some of you uh, are, are just so generous. And I, my prayer is, Gary, and I'm serious about this, I pray that everybody that took up the cause of the helpless and stood with you, you never asked for their money, you never asked for anything. And I know it, it was a really a blessing to you and your wife but I want to personally thank you guys for coming to the aid because I'm serious I pray that God multiplies that back not in the corny sense of a televangelist going yes lay your money on the TV and make sure you address it overnight to me and you know no I'm not talking about that I'm talking about the scripture that says he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord and the Lord will repay and I'm asking Gary seriously that everyone who stood with you stands with you and stands against this corruption, this nonsense, that obviously God delivers them in the day of trouble. Because as I said, we've got a reprieve. Everybody I know believes there's a time period of uh, uh, President-elect Trump. But you've got to understand, these are the most sinisterly wicked people in the world. And for those of you that want to play tiddlywinks, in the devil's battle arena, step out of the arena until God uh, equips you to go into the arena. Those of you who have been praying and you've been hidden in the background, let me share this. On the day that you stand before the Lord and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The mouthpieces are what God uses in that context. But if you weren't backing those of us up who are on the radio, who are out there, you know, uh, obviously we wouldn't be here. We'd be uh, Clinton-gated or Clinticide. We'd be uh, basically oh, just another statistic. I want to thank you and Gary Haven both for coming on tonight. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for sharing your story and um, you know continue to, to do what God's calling you to do. You're obviously making a huge difference and and thank you so much for taking the time out to join us tonight. And you too, Steve. God bless you both. Thank you, Doug. Thank, thank you. Good night, everyone. Right, good night. Bye. When we come back, we have a very interesting guest and a very Pretty interesting painful. topic. Don't right. go anywhere. of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Have we got a special guest lined up for you? Oh, my goodness, have we got a great guest. This is... Uh, the, I, I'm really excited. Um, thank you, John Robertson, for arranging this. But uh, Brittany Pettibone, have you heard of her? If you are, if you've been investigating any, or if you've been following the... Uh, well, the Podesta emails, the what is known as Pizzagate. I'm not sure. What, what camera am I supposed to look in? The, uh, which, the center one? Right under the oh, top. one. Okay. <laughs> Hi. I believe. All right. Uh, sorry about that. But, yeah, uh, Brittany Pettibone, she is a science fiction fantasy writer, actually published uh, 
Hatred Day is one of her books that uh, the Hatred Day series. Yeah, uh, Hatred Day series, Barnes and Noble and Amazon dot com. But Brittany Pettibone has been um, and with her twin sister, they've been really doing a lot of great research into what is now known as Pizzagate, and she's going to be sharing her findings with all of us here tonight. And, you know, of all of the people I've looked at, the um, citizen journalists, the writers, the authors, the uh, the people who have contributed to the investigative work product, uh, they, Brittany and, and her tw- twin sister, what a, just right to the point, and right on the money before we get to Brittany um, and oh by the way you can see her the, we're doing this for the first time uh, wired up here if you're watching this via YouTube live you can see her on our YouTube live so if you're listening to this via Global Star uh, come on over uh, to uh, uh, YouTube, YouTube live yeah or yeah. watch it on the archive to, just to just to see uh, Brittany and uh, but at, at any rate uh, before we get to Brittany I want to just mention that Christmas is coming up. The holidays are coming up, and you don't even have to leave your house for the perfect gift. Do what I did this year for the perfect gift. Give the gift from OmahaSteaks.com. You heard Gary Haven, uh, the head of Curves International, uh, a customer of Omaha Steaks. OmahaSteaks.com, and you'll find anything and everything there. They've got over 500 gourmet gift ideas. They've got the highest quality cuts and ingredients of. of of meat, beef, one-of-a-kind flavor, and the flavor is just absolutely incredible. Right now, for our listeners, okay, especially for you, if you go to omahasteaks.com, enter the coupon code or promo code HH in the search bar, you know what will come up? My Family Gift Pack. Here's the deal. It's 70, 77% off of the retail price just for you for listening. The Family Gift Pack uh, Omaha Steaks is giving exclusive savings. Again, 77% off. Here's what you get. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, which are just absolutely, all of this is absolutely great. Um, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, 12-ounce package of all-beef meatballs, uh, four potatoes au gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha Steaks seasoning pack, which is just, I don't know what they put in that, but man... Plus four additional kielbasa sausages free, all for under fifty dollars for you, the listener. If you go to omahasteaks.com, hh in the coupon or in the search bar, it's a wonderful gift idea. And you know, we just cooked up a couple of steaks this weekend, my wife and I, and uh, the seasoning packet. Oh, it was just delicious. And my neighbor uh, also ordered from Omaha Steaks, and they did. Uh, they had. Uh, they had the chicken, I guess it was. Yeah, chicken on Sunday, uh, Sunday night. And, uh, just loved it. So, OmahaSteaks.com, HH in the search bar. Brittany Pettibone is our guest. Joe, I was talking to you about her. Uh, you and I have uh, done, you, you and I spoke about her research product, and I think it's second to none. So, we're awful lucky to, to have her tonight. Her, and you can follow her on Twitter. It, uh, her Twitter is at Britt Pettibone. That's B-R-I-T-T-P-E-T-T-I-B-O-N-E. Yeah, and um, Brittany, it's great to have you on the Hagman and Hagman Report, especially your first time ever video guest. Yeah. Oh, yes, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you know, I, I have to ask, um, I've been an investigator for 30 years, and I've done a lot of research, a lot of, uh, just a lot of things, and I was watching your, watching you publish the, your investigative findings, how did you get in 
to this uh, because mm-hmm. you were spot on on everything. How did you get? How did you get into uh, uh, investigating this issue? Well, it, it began actually with my twin sister and I decided to come publicly out for Donald Trump because we were closeted for a long time because we were in a very liberal industry, the writing industry. And um, towards the end, it was about a month before Election Day, we decided to come out for Trump and get involved. So we started with WikiLeaks, and we were looking through the WikiLeaks, and we stumbled upon spirit cooking. Um, I was actually, I, th- I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I was one of the first people to post it on Twitter. So someone had compiled it on Reddit with the WikiLeaks emails about spirit cooking and Marina Ambrovic's video, her spirit cooking video. And so I packaged it and put it on Twitter, and within a few hours, spirit cooking was trending. And it was the top hashtag for over a day, which was absolutely incredible. It did significant damage to Hillary's campaign. Um, And from there, I I was invited, uh, my twin sister and I were invited onto InfoWars on election night, and after that, we were contacted by some anonymous researchers from 8chan who were investigating all of this but did not have the platform to publish it, and they wanted to know if we were interested, and I said yes. Um, so I was working with them, and I'm also working with a wonderful um, boy who goes by the name, the moniker Baldwin IV. Uh, we've been working together since the very beginning, and so I've just kind of slowly built a little team that... I found to be reliable, um, professional, and tr- trustworthy people, and so we've all been working together. So it really is a group effort, and I can in no way claim any kind of credibility on my own because I would, <laughs> I would be nowhere without without all the support I've been getting. So I've kind of, I, I suppose, more been the face of it, but in no way have been doing the majority of the work. So. Isn't it amazing how the citizen journalists, how the uh, posters, publishers? The people behind, I mean, just, just people looking into this, devouring yeah. this topic and, and the, the information in which they have uncovered. It's just amazing. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, and, that, you know, new information continues to come out every day. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the election over, we still see what's happening in the uh, news with, um, you know, this comet, uh, was it comet ping pong? Yeah. Pizza and uh, this pizzeria in Washington, D.C. seems to be at the center, uh, at least now of this uh, fake news slash Pizzagate uh, story. And it's really uh, interesting to see what the mainstream media is putting out there as far as uh, false news in order to either get people off this or to be, you know, to scare people. And then you got a bill in, that's passed the House that, you know, labels 200-plus uh, different media outlets, alternative media outlets, as fake news, Russian propaganda. Yes. Yeah. And that's uh, in danger of going through the Senate and being signed by the president, putting free speech in jeopardy. So I think yes. we're definitely onto something here uh, with this Pizzagate investigation. And um, if you want, can you share a little bit of uh, what you guys have uncovered that uh, maybe yeah, has gone? Yeah, you know, I was, uh, Brittany, but what we were, what I was going to ask her was if 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 you want to kind of catch everyone up, give everyone everyone an overview. We oftentimes, Joe, you and I assume like people know everything that that we know, and and oftentimes they don't. We've got a lot of new listeners and viewers. Um, if you kind of want to give a little bit of a background, and then however you want to do it, but sure, yeah, sure, yes. Well, I will start by saying that this investigation, you know, what we at first initially believed was quite small and quite direct, is actually 
an enormous investigation that the, the information, there's so much coming out every day that, that I even cannot possibly keep up. Uh, with it. There are so many people publishing information, digging things up. So this, this investigation to really understand it, you have to almost, you have to make, you know, um, an individual effort to go out there, look for the information, read it and learn to, and understand it yourself because it's, it's nothing that can very easily be put in a nutshell. It, it's, it's very large and, you know, for, we're getting to the point where we believe it does in fact span the entire world. So we are at the moment focusing on the the epicenter of Pizzagate is James Alafontis's restaurant called Comet Ping Pong Pizza, and the reason we are trying to be as direct as possible with this is because um, we we do have you know reason to believe he potentially may be a pedophile, and this man is also he is connected to uh, George Soros, who um, he has a funded super. Um, his super PAC, George Soros' super PAC, it's called American Bridge 21st Century, donate, donated $1 million to James Alephantis in 2012 and over $1 million in 2014. And uh, James Alephantis has also visited the White House numerous times. He has posted photos of Barack Obama on his Instagram account. He has, he's also, he knows Hillary Clinton. I'm not sure if they have met in real life, but I do know that uh, she has written him personally um, an email Thanking him for participating in a fundraiser, fundraiser hosted by the Podesta brothers. So we're finding these connections between all, all of these people. Um, he's actually also the former boyfriend of David Brock, who owns Correct the Record. So there's this network of elites that are very, you know, they're all connected to James Alphantis, and we are all asking the question, why? Um, because, you know, James Alphantis has also been named by J, um, GQ. Um, one of the 50 most powerful people in Washington. And yet, um, a friend of mine, Jack Posobiec, has actually gone to Comet Ping Pong. He did a periscope there. And it's, it's like a dive restaurant. It's very dark and, and grody and, and not, not nice in any way. And, and so you wonder, you know, the power this man seems to have. You was, know, with the Brittany, whole... was he the one that was thrown out, uh, doing the periscope? Yes, correct. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, I believe he went on InfoWars and, and did an interview about that. Um, but yes, he was thrown out, I, I believe, just for periscoping. I, I guess they didn't like that, uh, for some reason. Um, but yes, he was thrown out with, with a friend. And I believe he also went to, to Besta Pizza, which is another one. See, what it is, is you have Comet Ping Pong Pizza, and then there are several other restaurants on this, this strip nearby Comet Ping Pong that are also very suspicious. They have, you know, pedophile logos. And, and these are verified as, you know, being pedophile by the FBI. So we have, you know, FBI photographs of what pedophile symbols are. And so we match that to like Besta Pizza, which, which had a pedophile logo. And actually it's, it's important to note that they recently changed their logo. So I don't know if they, if it was because they were getting threats from people or I'm not sure, but, um, they did change their logo. And so there are several, you know, restaurants around this, this Comet Ping Pong that are all very suspicious and are all, at the same time being investigated. So there's a lot of information coming out. We, you know, it would be nice to, our, our goal is to put it all together and push for a formal investigation to be opened under Donald Trump because, to be perfectly honest, we, we don't really believe that there will be a great chance of it being, you know, fairly um, go, going to a fair trial under President, I'm um, President Obama. So well, wasn't there, the DOJ might be compromised. Yeah, well, yeah, um, I, I do suspect that to be the case, especially 
given the fact that, it, to me, when I was talking with Alex today, um, Alex Jones on Infowars, um, I th- it might have been off air. I, I would, I was, I really believe the epicenter to all of this, or at least one important aspect of this, is the Clinton Foundation. Now, I'm, just so people know, um, with respect to, well, th- th- that's anyway. A lot, everything kind of crosses through the Clinton Foundation. Are you finding that, or is that just kind of? Or we are in a sense. So yes, there. This is a whole other branch to the investigation. Is the Haiti section. Ah. So 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 we have you know Comet Ping Pong, and then it branches off into Haiti. And the reason this uh, the reason this began is because there was a woman. Her name is Laura Silsby, and she is a child smuggler and associate of the Clinton. She went to Haiti under the guise um, with a group of Baptist missionaries to quote-unquote, rescue Haitian orphans. The problem was they weren't orphans. They were taken from their parents. Laura Silsby was charged with child abduction and criminal conspiracy. She served six months um, in prison in Haiti. And uh, she, I believe it was Bill Clinton, while he was a special envoy from the UN that was in charge of recovery and reconstruction efforts in Haiti, he got Laura Silsby's group off the, off the hook, essentially, when they were arrested in Haiti. He was not able to get Laura Silsby out of Haiti right away, so she had to do her time six months. And, I mean, you know, it's our suspicion, we can't confirm, that Bill Clinton, though, was likely able to use some of his political um, connections to make her service shorter sentence, because child trafficking is quite serious, and six months seems a very short time. But it's also interesting to note that Laura Silsby's lawyer was also wanted and later arrested for child trafficking in El Salvador. And um, something else that's interesting to note about um, Laura Silsby is she's actually changed her name and um, it is now she's changed her name to Gaylor I think or, or is it Laura Gaylor yes and yep. so now she works for a company it's called Alert Sense which works with a number of US states on their alert systems um, and this includes Amber Alerts so you, you have to ask yourself the question why would they allow a woman convicted of child trafficking anywhere near systems that you know deal with Amber Alerts <laughs> it, it seems that these people you know it makes sense that if they're, you know, child trafficking or involved, um, you know, in some way in this, that they would work near children, children-related organizations. So um, that, that's what we have so far on Laura, Laura Silsby, and we're still, you know, digging up information. The one other thing about Haiti that is very important um, to note is there was a woman named Monica Peterson who died while investigating human trafficking in Haiti. And so a close friend of Monica Peterson, her name is Bella Robinson, she <clears throat> claims that Monica was in Haiti, inventi- um, in Haiti investigating the Clintons' possible ties to a pedophile ring and that her family hasn't been able to get any straight answers about her death. So this was a post that Bella Robinson wrote about Monica Peterson. So that's all we know so far on her, that she was, you know, according to her friend, investigating that. So, so, so this is why it's bringing us to Haiti. Um, and so we're, we're digging up information there. And then we're also trying to keep, <laughs> excuse me, we're trying to keep a focus on Comet Ping Pong because this investigation is so large that it's really not good. We're not going to be able to interpret it very well to the average citizen unless we keep a strong and direct focus. Um, and, you know, in, and keep it in a way that we're able to explain what's going on quickly and, you know, through images and short, you know, tweets and um, just sound bites of information. 
um, because it really is, you know, I, I've been working nonstop on this and there's still so much that I don't know and don't understand yet because there's so much information. So it, it's like, it's a full time job right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so if you are interested, it's going to take quite an effort to, to, to grasp this. And, um, yeah. okay. Uh, and Brittany, uh, the, the um, it appeared to me. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Just, to, just to kind of go back here, because I kind of uh, knocked you off track with with the question about the Clinton Foundation. But the the um, really all of this came to light with the initial release of the Podesta emails on or about October 3rd of 2016. Is that correct? Yes, correct. It was okay. about October 3rd, yes. All right. And, and then there were about 40 email releases via WikiLeaks. And within the WikiLeaks emails, then oh, this, this coding system that suggested, is suggestive of, uh, of a pedophilia kind of network with respect mm-hmm. to symbols and, 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 and language. Yes. Um, it's okay. It's suggestive of something going on here. And really some of the emails that were written to and from Podesta don't really make any sense with Mm-mm. respect to the the language. The, 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 it just, yeah. uh, you know, I, I pulled a couple of emails, but I'm sure you, people are familiar uh, talking about playing dominoes on 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 a was playing dominoes on a pizza or something like that. It was just weird, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. So it it just none of this makes sense without if you look at it just plainly. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't mean to get you off track with with the Clinton oh, Foundation, no but okay. So, um all right. Now what? I mean, we're okay, so we're here. You found numerous you and others have found numerous indications of child uh, trafficking or suggestions of um the same la- the yes. same language uh, within the emails. Yeah. Go ahead. So, suggestions of it. Yes. I mean, so it did start with the emails and 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 as you read them, they it's obvious that they are code for something, and many people um, were putting, excuse me, <clears throat> putting it together as code for, you know, pedophilia, <clears throat> because um, these a lot of these um, words like pizza and excuse me, I have something in my throat. <clears throat> a lot of these words, um, people already knew a lot about them. Um, I, I believe. You know, um, reality calls. Um, her real name is Tara, but she actually found um, on the deep web um, verification that many of these words believed what we thought they believed. Yeah, you know. So, and I, yeah, I, I just want to give your throat a rest there. Um, we, well, how can I put yeah. this without getting too much of a or being too much in trouble? Um, accessing the deep web or the dark web, deep web, whatever you want to call it, uh, is not something I'd recommend because, Mm-mm. you know. However, um, the, the information in within the within the dark web, the commerce of children, I guess, for lack of a better, I mean, it's just what it is, um, is pretty consistent with the language that appears in these emails, at least from an investigative viewpoint. So, yeah. yes. And I mean, it, so it started there and, you know, we had our suspicions and, and people were looking around, but then more, you know, more things started to come out. Um, so, you know, we, we, we've just been finding a lot of things that are, that keep once again, you know, confirming suspicion. So, you know, it's all alleged at this point. And, um, you know, before I go on, I just, I, I feel I should point out because the mainstream media is hammering the Pizzagate investigators at the moment for, you know, 
quote unquote, you know, inciting harassment against James Alphantis. Um, the main researchers of this investigation, none of them are accusing, directly accusing James Alphantis or John Podesta. You know, they, they are innocent until proven guilty and we cannot declare them one or the other. All we can do is collect the evidence, screenshot it, archive it and demand a full investigation. That is our role and that's what we are, we are looking at our role as. So we're not, we're not directly accusing anyone. We're trying to, um, since the, the, you know, law enforcement is not getting involved at this point, our goal is to create public awareness, um, enough in order to, um, you know, push for a formal investigation. Hopefully we'll get that. But onto, onto James Alfonso so and John Podesta, there, there were a lot of things to indicate, you know, you know, perhaps, um, you know, potentially pedophilia and things. So I'll just go through a couple. So, um, there is, there was first a Washington Post article, which was I actually deleted and had to be archived, and this is how we dug it up. It was a Washington Post article that states, says that in Tony and Heather Podesta's home, they have pictures of naked underage children by a Serbian artist who they, you know, very much like. You know, so th- there was that. Um, there are numerous photos on James Elefantis's Instagram, which used to be public. It has been set to private since. But there are numerous photos that indicate some kind of, you know, um, potential child abuse or, or pedophilia. If you look at the photos, you know, in one, for example, he has, you know, a, a fake baby doll. It's a, um, a German baby and there's a price tag on it, you know, for, I don't know, a thousand dollars or something like that. And he's like, oh, it's too expensive. You know, as if he's going to purchase a child or, you know, he has, he has so many photos of babies eating pizza. And if you read the comments, the comments on the photos are the most telling. Um, they, you know, will make really disturbing remarks about the photos that all allude to um, this perhaps being, you know, some kind of pedophile ring. Also, a recent discovery we made, which is very interesting, is James Oliphantus' Instagram pro- profile picture is a statue of Emperor Hadrian's 13-year-old lover, Antonius. So, in a sense, that alludes how to pedophile. How in the world did you... How did you... Uh, huh? These guys are great. These researchers are great. So, so I will not take credit for uncovering this. Um, so, what what happened was where you can find most of this research is right now vote.co. So, the the re- the research the entire investigation essentially began on the Donald Reddit, but it was banned from Reddit recently. You know because uh, apparently it was you know they were labeling it a witch hunt. Um, so they banned it from Reddit, the, the CEO did, and Reddit, the Donald Reddit is actually now quarantined from the rest of Reddit. It's not fully banned, but it's quarantined, so, so that, that, that's interesting. But so everything was moved over to vote.co, and then you can go and check for updates there daily. But yes, this is something that just came out, and I, I found it very interesting. Um, they matched the statue to Antonius, um, who Man, was 13 year old, 13 years old when he became Hadrian, Emperor Hadrian's lover. Yeah, that would, folks, so that would have been my first guess. I, Really, I looked at that. Yeah, that's what that. Is. And we've seen the wow. photos uh, from <laughs> the Clinton amazing. campaign. Uh, John Podesta, the the photos alluding to cannibalism, where there's a um, in oh, one yes, of the old campaign one. offices. There's a photo of two men standing over what looks like a, a mummy with forks and, and plates in their hand, and it yeah, looks like they're jabbing the fork that too. into yeah. the person. And I think mm-hmm. one thing that um, needs to be that we need to make a distinction is because I see we see the media trying to take this story over with. Um, the recent events that took place, which people are still dissecting, but this this story is not about Comet Pizza or Comet Ping Pong Pizza. It's around 
the Podesta emails and the uh, his involvement in a potential pedophilia ring, and then you know where does Comet Pizza fit into that? Um, if it does, and right. again, this if is that, all alleged. You know, you know in our view, connections. Yeah, um, and you know, as you mentioned, the owner of Comet Ping Pong is you know the top in the top fifty. Uh, most powerful people in Washington D.C., which raises a lot of red flags. Well, David uh, Brock connection, though. Yeah, and there are you know a lot of the uh, Podesta and uh, friends are friends with people who've been convicted of pedophilia and other. Uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier in Haiti, the, the child Epstein, trafficking uh, and yeah, yes. the Lolita Express, Express from yep. Jeffrey Epstein. Brittany, we're about a minute out from the bottom of the hour uh, break. Um, in this minute, though. Uh, he just blew my mind with that reference to that whatever it was. Whatever it was. These, yes, these people are amazing. Um, yeah, in, in the minute we have, I just want to make sure that people know where to follow you. I think this is so important because when I found you, I, th- I thought I found a treasure. So give out your oh, Twitter uh, you. Twitter feed. Um, my my Twitter handle is at Britt Pettibone, um, B-R-I-T-T-P-E-T-T-I-B-O-N-E. Okay. And... And of course, you are a science fiction writer. Your book, Hatred Day, right? That's, yes, correct. Okay, and that's available at Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble. Folks, a very special guest, uh, a science fiction writer, and a tremendous researcher. In fact, we should get her a badge, name, name, <laughs> or an ID. Uh, Brittany Pettibone from uh, all the way from the West Coast. We're right back with Brittany Pettibone. You're listening to the Hagman Report right here on the Global Star Radio Network. Stay right where you're at. Hagman and Hagman Report, bringing you the best, bringing you the best guests in the world. Uh, you heard earlier um, Gary Haven from Curves International, his one-man UN, uh, wow, one-man UN rescue operation for Haiti, doing uh, his commissioning his own his own aircraft down in Haiti, doing a lot of rescue operations. What a great guy! And uh, wow. It's just an amazing thing. And, of course, right now, Brittany Pettibone, uh, one of the finest, most articulate uh, researchers with respect to what is known as Pizzagate, is with us right now. And we're, folks, if you're listening or watching us live on YouTube, uh, welcome, because this is the first time we actually have our guest on video. And it's so nice to see her. And uh, I want to thank everyone uh, for the nice comments as well. Uh, before we get back to Brittany, I just want to ask each and every one of you, have you gotten your Christmas gifts yet? Well, if not, uh, in addition to the fine writer we have in Brit- Brittany Pettibone, the fine science fiction fantasy writer, uh, we also have T.C. Joseph. T.C. Joseph is the author of this generation series of novels. Uh, he wrote a thrilling series, three novels, 
Uh, in fact, it's called This Generation Series. It's on Amazon. Book one is Precipice. Book two is Pentecost. Book three is Penance. We have all three. The third one just came out. His novels move through recent history to the events that are just on our horizon. Ladies and gentlemen, he's got a witty style about him. The character development is fantastic. Uh, it, it's a great read. Not only will you love these books, but they can be used. Uh, as a tool to awaken your friends, family members uh, to the perilous times we face. Great reviews from Kirkus as well as Blue Ink uh, stating that these novels are thought-provoking and absolutely riveting. That's T.C. Joseph's This Generation Series of Novels. T.C. Joseph's This Generation Series of Novels on Amazon. Grab them. Grab them. You will thank us later. Let's get back to Brittany. Joe, let's bring her on. Yeah, and Brittany is one half of the authors of the Hatred Day series, uh, Hatred Day Book One, is available now on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. And um, the expected publication for Verdict Day Book Two is 2017. Now, Brittany co-authors the book with her sister Nicole, and they uh, write under the pen name T. S. Pettibone. That's and, right. Um, and we're lucky to have them. Yeah, Brittany. Let's start off. Let me ask what spirit cooking is, because a lot of people maybe have misconceptions that this is merely just a Oh, I don't know. It could be on the Food Channel or something in uh, some sort of Louisiana dish. But uh... yeah, so so the best <clears throat> research we've been able to come uh, um, up with so far is okay. Spare cooking. It's it's basically an event um, it, or a ritual, and it was actually begun by it was started by Marina um, Abramovic, who is an artist. Um, and she's become known, you know, for her gory performances and occultist rituals, I suppose. So the ritual itself has deep influences, though, from all the cultist rituals performed prior to consumption of Eucharistic meals during worship. So um, the origins of spirit cooking, they can be found in preludes to the production of called the Cake of Light. And that is a sacrament in the religion of Thelema, which was founded by Aleister a- a- Crowley. So basically, spirit cooking is a modern version of um, the Cake of Light, which was started by Aleister um, Crowley. So it's not the same name, but the basically the ritual is close to being the same. So um, the ingredients usually um, include things like menstrual blood and sperm, and you know a, a whole a whole host of you know very disturbing things that you would never you know think about eating, but these people do. Um, and she also uses um, pig's blood in, in the ritual as a medium to connect the spirit world with the material world. Um, and so the ritual usually takes place in the kitchen, apparently. That's what it's supposed to be because that's the heart of the home. So so there's a lot of, you know, weird things that go on with spirit cooking. But, but apparently um, Marina herself has stated that um, if you perform um, this ritual like in an art gallery, then it's art. But if you perform it in a private setting, then it's something much more intimate and spiritual, so more like a ritual. But interesting, you know, she claims that. But I actually, I've spoken extensively with, um, I'm a Catholic, so I, I do believe, you know, in, in, you know, Satan and like Satanism and, you know, all these things. So I've spoken in depth with um, a former Satanist who is now a Catholic, he converted, but he was a Satanist for maybe two decades or, or more, a very long time. And so he, he knows all about spirit cooking and he, he, um, he explained to me that 
anywhere that you perform these rituals, whether it be an art gallery or at home, it is still a ritual. And so while performing it in an art gallery, you know, the observers are probably inadvertently participating in this ritual. You know, they, they think it's art or performance art, but they are participating. And um, he said, just like when you offer mass, if you go to a church, it's mass. But if someone, you know, if a priest has to offer mass, you know, what out in a field somewhere with an altar, it's still mass. You know, if you can't find a church, it's the same thing. So that's what he explained to me. And he said, don't let, you know, anyone tell you different. It, it's, a, it's a tactic to you know try and um confuse yeah. you about yeah. but it is it is the same so so yeah there's there's a lot of you know spare cooking was one of the most you know it was something that launched this entire investigation but just visually you know watching the video it, it's very disturbing and a lot of people became interested in digging into this just from spare cooking um, and we know that John, you know, the, the Podestas were involved with spirit cooking from the WikiLeaks emails. There, there is an email of Marina talking about having a spirit cook, spirit cooking dinner with them. So, yeah. And one thing that's interesting about spirit cooking, and we did uh, when, when the, the day that this came out, we did a show. Uh, we actually cleaned our schedule and invited uh, other guests to come on who uh, deal with um, satanic ritual abuse mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, other uh, a doctor came on and talked about this. But one thing that's interesting is the the per- the lady who made that uh, the video, and there are uh, hundreds of other uh, recipes out there, and and that don't mm-hmm. involve um, you know body fluids and and blood, but they are uh, satanic in nature. And yes. what did in your mind and what from what you've researched and what you've seen, uh, what do these people hope to accomplish? Are these people uh, trying to gain power and influence and continue to be covered uh, in their sins uh, from exposure with these rituals or is there something even deeper behind this I yes I believe that that a lot of this you know occultist things you know they, they try and use different words to confuse you you know the thing is though it is it, it is Satanism you know the way um um, these rituals that are being performed. Like, for example, um, Aleister Crowley, a lot of people would say that he wasn't a Satanist, that he, you know, he created Thelema and it was peaceful, but the entire premise of his religion is do what thou wilt. That's Satanism. Yeah. Right and he, there. In, his, in so, one of his books, he wrote about how, uh, about sacrificing um, a, a male, uh, young child between the ages. You know, he goes into this long, detailed description. Yeah. Um, and talks about actually, you know, killing and sacrificing uh, a human being, and and Aleister Crowley, and you know, we go back to the the satanic ties from Hillary Clinton to Obama, from Saul Alinsky, Rules for Radicals, dedicated to uh, Lucifer. They said the first um, yes, rebel. Yes. Um, you know, all these people seem to promote their their dark mm-hmm. uh, satanic ties, and then yeah, they lie I mean, when it comes out. Yeah. Because, I mean, our country now is, it's more anti, you know, it's, it seems like it's more godless than, than it ever has been. So something like this investigation, especially when you are looking at it through the spiritual lens, is very hard for people to grasp. Because, you know, many people maybe don't believe in God or, or don't believe in Satan, but they do believe in God, you know, either or. But the important thing to note is that these people do believe in Satan. So whether you do or not, they do. And they are, you know, from what we can see so far, they have some kind of, you know, worshiping of Satan going on. So, um, 
it's we're exploring that you know as far as we know the the spirit cooking you know isn't illegal it's highly disturbing but as far as we know so far what they've been doing isn't illegal there so you know they can do what they wish but um it just it's what started this whole investigation and um um, now we're on to more things that maybe you know could warrant a very serious uh, investigation but um, personally like as I said I am Catholic so I do look at this through a, a spiritual lens and it, being a Satanist you know it's it said the, the, the ex-Satanist I spoke to he said that the reason people do these things you know like um, if they sacrifice an animal or you know a child or whatever it may be the reason they do it is to gain you know um Influence and power. They, that's why they do it. They have to do these things. They have to, um, the, the Satanists and then they'll be given, you know, the, the things that they want. So, um, yeah, that's what he said. And he said it's very rampant and widespread. He was involved in it all, participated. So, um, yeah, it was a very interesting conversation. So, um, yeah. And I think we're, you know, we're just scratching the, the surface. And really, like you said, understanding that what this is, mm-hmm. uh, due to the confusion and coded language, and then we see the, you know, yeah. um, this mm-hmm. getting pushback now in the mainstream media, uh, because of the yes. alleged actions of one person, uh, allegedly carrying a gun into this, uh, comet ping pong. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to speak to that, because that, that's, oh man. Because we see the, the, uh, you know, agenda, and Gary Haven was on yeah. the first hour talked about how this, that story and then the, the media's attention, um, you know, now you have what's on the front of Drudge Web Giants to cooperate on removal of extremist content from social media sites. And this mm-hmm. all ties into, you know, the censorship of independent uh, journalist investigations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, before yesterday, though, when, when the gunman went to Comet Ping Pong, there were a few mainstream media articles emerging that were, you know, "Quote unquote debunking PizzaGate," but they weren't really because they offered no evidence to refute anything that had anything that had been presented. It's almost as if none of the writers even looked at the investigation at all. They just kind of said it's fake and then you know published. Um, they also never. It's very interesting to note none of the mainstream media articles have included any of the photos from James Elefantis's Instagram. You know because maybe you know why you have to ask that question. Is it because they're too disturbing? So it, it, it's there are very you know a lot of interesting things that that we've been finding you know with the MSM. So the BBC put out a request to interview some of the researchers um, that were um, researching PizzaGate, and all of them immediately said no because at this point none of us trust the mainstream media. So it was interesting because like a day later the BBC did publish an article on PizzaGate completely bashing PizzaGate. And um, something interesting about that is we uncovered another article about a murdered television presenter, Jill Dando was her name, who apparently tried to alert her bosses to a pedophile ring at the BBC involving big-name stars. Um, and this a former colleague of Jill's um, said this. So, um, But Jill was actually, she was murdered. She was shot dead on the doorstep of her home in West London. And the crime today, you know, to this day remains unsolved. But it was just interesting. You know, she was investigating this, something that potentially, you know, implicated the BBC. And then the BBC is bashing, you know, our investigation. It's just very interesting to note. Or Fox News, um, I think, I believe it was last Sunday or the Sunday before. No, it was the Sunday before. They came out, they reported on it for like a minute. And they said, you know, this is a crazy conspiracy. They're saying that there's a basement in Comet Ping Pong. There's no basement. But then we actually found an article 
from 2015 uh, Metro Weekly article where James Alphontus himself says that he has a basement in Comet Ping Pong. He says that they they harvest a whole crop of organic tomatoes, 10 tons of tomatoes every year, and store them in the basement. So we found that and put that out. And maybe, you know, to be honest, a lot of us were expecting something to happen, um, something big, uh, you know, like a shooter at Comet Ping Pong or, you know, something to happen to, to big enough to potentially derail the entire investigation. So we don't have any proof so far that, that this man, Edgar Madison Welch is his name, you know, we don't have, you know, perfect proof yet that he wasn't genuine in his intention. So I, I'm not going to accuse anyone, but just a, a couple things about him. So he's from Salisbury, uh, North Carolina, and he told the police in a post-arrest interview that he came to investigate Pizzagate. But um, some things about him, he's an out-of-work actor. He graduated from Cape Fear Community College in 2007. So he has an actual IMDb page which lists his filmography. He's played in mostly like horror kind of film movies. Um, uh, one's called The Bleeding from 2009. He played a victim. Um, he also mentions that he used to live in Haiti. Um, and he was involved in an accident in October of this year where he struck a 13-year-old girl with his car and she had to be airlifted to the hospital. And then one thing about his father that's interesting to note, his name is Harry Welter Jr. He has served as executive director for Protect the Child, which is a national nonprofit organization to prevent abuse and abduction of children. So, you know, some people are saying that, that maybe, you know, he's very, he was very, um, concerned about this because his father, you know, worked in, with helping to protect children. And so that's what drew him to this. Some people are saying he's an actor, you know, because as he, we know he's an actor, but some people think he was an actor that was possibly hired to do this, you know, to make us, to discredit us and look, make us look crazy. Um, and then, yeah, so we, so we don't know yet. We're still digging, but, I found it very interesting yesterday, the reaction by the mainstream media, because before any name had been released, um, before anything had come out, the D.C. police specifically said there's no evidence at this point to, to tie this man to Pizzagate. None. But yet, you know, journalists, like one Huffington Post journalist wrote that it was a delusional alt-right terrorist that very nearly killed people today in Washington, D.C. They just come out with this stuff, and it's very unprofessional. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous that the, the stuff that they were writing completely without any evidence, blaming and bashing the alt-right, um, and saying they're responsible. And they also, in all of, a lot of the mainstream articles that I've read, the mainstream media articles, they have linked all the investigators of Pizzagate as to being homophobic white supremacists that belong to the alt-right. So they're trying to lump everyone together and just, you know, without any evidence to create this narrative that it's completely cooked up and molded to, you know, the way that they want it to look, you know, so, so everyone will just be like, oh, this is crazy and discredit it. The thing that it's important to note is Donald Trump already won the election. We got what we wanted. We're not investigating this just because we want to throw Hillary or, you know, James Elefantes, all these people under the bus anymore. We already won. We want to, you know, the goal, the, the plan was to just keep, you know, working, you know, toward, you know, bettering our country. But then this came out and many people who saw what was presented before them were genuinely concerned. You know, thousands of people that, that saw, you know, the same thing that, you know, you and I are seeing and are asking questions. So we're not directly accusing anyone yet, but we do, 
we see a lot that is suspicious and possibly alluding to some kind of large pedophile ring. So we want to ask the questions, um, be allowed to investigate and, and not be shut down because, you know, they're immediately calling it fake news, but yet they're not countering that with evidence that it is in fact fake news. No, you're exactly so, right. And, and the fake yeah. news, um, narrative has gained traction since even last week with this uh, latest mm-hmm. story. And um, one thing Donald Trump was able to do in this election cycle, and in a large part was due to the current leadership in the White House, was uh, the you know the, what they call a populist movement. Um, you know he has awoken the silent majority of America, and many people are paying yeah. attention in this political cycle that um, you know wouldn't ordinarily take an interest in politics. And a, a huge part, and you you mentioned this at the beginning um, when you came on, is that. The Podesta emails were uh, a huge, I believe, a big part in the reason why Hillary Clinton wasn't elected. And, you know, from September 11th, where she was at the memorial service and had that health issue, uh, through the email releases, all the the lies that she was caught with uh, the email. Because this is Tony Podesta's email, who is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, her chief of staff. But one of the things that, again, the the populist movement, there's so many people paying attention that weren't before. And you have... um, you know, a politically almost dangerous climate in this country with the generation snowflakes and everything that's going on yeah. with that. And, you know, now this uh, demonizing of people who are asking truth, it's reminiscent of 9-11 yeah. and the truther mm-hmm. movement. You know, people were demonized for asking questions about yeah. the 9-11 terrorist attack, and it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the beginning of the the whole Hillary Health thing, the, the entire mainstream media labeled everyone questioning Hillary's health, health as crazy, you know, extremist right-wing nuts. But it turned out to be true. You know, um, it's, they're, they're not, they're not leaving room for, you know, citizens to ask questions about, you know, who are the people in our government? Who are we, who is representing our country and what are they doing? You know, the government should be held accountable by the people and the government should serve the people. It should not be the other way around. So this kind of chokehold they've put us in where we're not allowed to, you know, they're restricting our, our trying, attempting to restrict our freedoms, you know, us just asking, you know, questions. It's it's getting, you know, to the point where it's it's really ridiculous. You know, I, I actually just received a, a text message from um, my friend Jack Posobiec who periscoped at Comet Ping Pong, and he said that the Washington Post has asked to interview me. So I'm... I'm not going to, uh, I'm, I'm gonna reject that, but it, but it's interesting that after, you know, the mainstream media bashing this, why are they asking to interview us? What is the motive? Do they want to, I mean, to me, it seems quite clear that they want to set us up for an ambush because they have not, they have not been objective, um, at all during this investigation. So I can only see it as some kind of setup for sabotage and, um, you know, trying to d- discredit us and make us look crazy and, you know, edit yeah, no, in whatever way they may. You're exactly so, right. Uh, one of the things that the people in key positions of power have done throughout history is public manipulation. And they've been able to do it, you know, for centuries without, you know, the radio and TV and the Internet and the tools that we have today. And they've perfected mm-hmm. it today. You have, you know, computer animation, the CGI they can pretty much fake just about any story and make anybody say anything on TV and make it appear as real. Uh, and now we see, you know, these different uh, holograms and, and things uh, from technology coming out and putting yeah. people like uh, Tupac as a hologram in a concert. And there was a, mm-hmm. another one where they did your Drogan uh, recently in Turkey. And the ability to manipulate public opinion 
uh, and this goes back to you know the, what the Bible says and and uh, being deceived. So many people are are deceived by this, and it's um, you know it's the labels that they put on the people. They, the yeah. the globalists are good at giving people enough rope to hang themselves with, and that's yeah. one of the things that you alluded to as you said you know why is the mainstream media asking for people uh, to interview about this subject after they've already you know completely yeah. bashed it, lied about it. And, and demonized it in the news, and it's just to do that. You know, they're they're yeah. trying to. Uh, one of the things that is so key about disinformation is having nuggets of truth in the disinformation. Mm-hmm. And um, these people are masters of deception. So there is nothing um, that they are not capable of doing, and no public opinion that they are capable of not changing if they want to. Uh, and yeah. they do that through uh, you know propaganda or through false flag terror yeah. attacks and we've seen it time and time again yeah. i just don't think we've been able to identify it mm-hmm. yeah i think we, we just we need to identify the tactics that they're using and use them against them um the left you know they've been very good at it for a long time but i think people are finally waking up to the way that they work and they're able to combat them very efficiently especially on twitter it's wonderful to watch so in my opinion, in many people's opinion, it is psychological projection. So they'll project their own faults and, mm-hmm. you know, um, on us. And so we for see example, that Trump and Hillary yeah. Clinton during the election cycle. Things that Hillary Clinton were accused of, of doing and were in her past, she would uh, issue allegations against Donald Trump to see what would stick from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, creating their own uh, pedophilia allegations against Donald Trump to even... Yeah. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. what she, what Trump did with, uh, the Trump University and, and yep. the taxes. Even though he, mm-hmm. you know, they've spun the story that Trump was, uh, a tax dodger and wasn't, yeah. even though everything he did was legal, uh, you know, they, yeah. they turned around and accused him of everything she was, that people were talking about her uh, behind the scenes and accused him of doing the same. And yeah, exactly. And, and or like, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Like dur- during the, you know, election cycle, the mainstream media was, positively discredited as fake news. Mm-hmm. I mean, just time and time again. And so now you see them turning it on alternative media as the fake news. It's it's just, it's psychological production. It's a tactic and it's what people need to be aware of. And if they are, they can battle it with conviction. You know, just, just be aware of them. Or, you know, a bunch of just genuinely concerned average American citizens, not even all of them are American, many are from around the world, investigating what they suspect might potentially be a pedophile ring and yet these people are being demonized and you know made to seem like horrible hateful you know um people and you you have to ask the question why you know we're the way we're looking at it we are genuinely concerned and we're trying to do a good thing this isn't a witch hunt to destroy lives it's about saving you know Potentially, the lives of children who are the most helpless and vulnerable of all—they cannot help themselves. They need—they need voices to stand up for you know people to stand up for them, people to raise their voices for them. That is what this entire investigation is about, and it's it—it it, the way it's the people are being demonized. It, it's really—it um, just it makes you have to question the motives of the people who are demonizing them, you know. With have these people, you know, it's just the the whole thing. The mainstream media has been one of the the bigger things that have gotten to me during this investigation. They, they've they've irritated me the most. Like, you know, I can deal with you know people coming at me and you know trolls on Twitter and anything, but the mainstream media, just the responsibility, the reach they have, the mm-hmm. control and the power they have, you know, it should equal the um, 
the responsibility, the standard that they're held to is very high, and yet they do such a bad job. So, you no, know, so right. many lies, so many, um, that's why I'll, I'll never trust them, and I, you know, I don't, I don't care what it would get me. I will never do an interview with the mainstream media um, about Pizzagate. Um, never. <laughs> yeah, because uh, just like uh, we talked about earlier, they're they're looking to uh, label and and um, marginalize anything mm-hmm. that um, that is attempting to circumvent the uh, establishment media and the power structure that is in place, and that's what has, you know, one thing that is interesting about trump is um he has no he's not bound to anything he's not a career politician and uh the control factor is not there newt gingrich said it best he's an uninitiated um he's not initiated in the secret society Mm -hmm. so how can we trust him uh, on fox news interview that um indeed gingrich did right before the right after the nomination uh folks we're going to be right back we're up against the break our guest right now is Brittany Pettibone. Oh, man. She is the Lucky. co-author of the Hatred Day series with her sister, Nicole, and their website is tspettibone.com, P-E-T-T-I-B-O-N-E.com. Catch her, her on back. Twitter. Yeah. Catch her on Twitter uh, for all of Pettibone. The, yeah. We'll be right back after this. Stay with us. Reporter, very special guest, Brittany Pettibone. Um, it really caught our attention when she was um, publishing findings, research findings on what is known as Pizzagate. Very disturbing, but so important because, in my view anyway, and I think Brittany probably would uh, agree with this, what we're looking at is something that exposes the satanic infrastructure at least i believe this it does this does this expose the satanic infrastructure of um uh, uh of the power elite whether it's people in washington or or royalty or whether it's business people and how it relates to all of this uh brittany i'm going to kick it back to you here um i what Take it wherever you think it should be. You should take it only because, as I sit here, I'm trying to put myself in a position of the listener or the viewer um, who may or may not really understand the critical importance of this, and then may not be up to date. And of course, the confusion as we are assaulted by the media with their lies about, oh, this is just all overblown hyperbole it's just a conspiracy mm-hmm. theory and such so go ahead and present whatever. yes i mean if if yeah. you're someone who who generally tends to trust the mainstream media or who tends to trust both you know perspectives from the alternative media and the mainstream media the best thing you can do is at this point is look over all of the findings yourself they are completely accessible to every person you know in the world as long as you have internet you can go on vote.co. You can look at the research. There are there are numerous blog posts that have been written about this, presented in a very, um, very c- concise, um, 
fashion and very understandable. So you can, there, there are even videos, you know, Pizzagate in a nutshell or Pizzagate what we know so far, you know, very well produced, um, videos. I will actually give a shout out to the YouTube channel Reality Calls. She has made some wonderful videos. If you want to, if you're not into, you know, going in and looking at all the research yourself, go to, go and have a, um, visit her channel and watch some of the videos. They're very well done and you will get a sense of what is going on and what is being found so far. Um, but we also, something that actually came, was dug up a couple weeks ago was a tweet from Andrew Breitbart, who, um, this tweet actually lended a lot of credibility to this investigation. We, um, a lot of us were encouraged by it in the sense that we thought we were perhaps on the right, you know, we are in fact on the right track. So the tweet reads, um, how um, Prague guru John Podesta ends in a household name as a world-class underage sex slave op cover-upper defending unspeakable dregs escapes me. So Andrew Breitbart, you know, was, there's there's many more tweets about him, you know, going off on John Podesta and um, George Soros, etc. But he would directly, you know, say this without, you know, any alleged or any, you know, kind of doubt. He was very um, blunt and specific about what he believed these people were doing or believed these people, you know, who they were. So that, you know, because Andrew Breitbart was, you know, a, um, a great uh, journalist and um, a lot of people looked up to him and still do today. Yeah, um, he was exposed. So, I mean, he exposed Obama and the Clintons mm-hmm. and, um, you know, really... Uh, it was sad what happened to him. He he died. Um, you know, many people speculate that he was Breitbarted. That's where the term comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was killed um, after stating a date. He was going to release some bombshell info or a video on Barack Obama. He was killed walking back to his house uh, the evening before that date. Uh, you know, the mm-hmm. night before he was scheduled to do this big release, and we never really saw what this release was. And yeah. um, today we have another Breitbart. Um, Correspondent, when we spoke about this during the break, uh, I always have a hard time pronouncing this guy's name. Uh, Milo Milo is speaking at a school, a college in Ohio, um, and he is uh, Re- reportedly about this topic, right? Yeah, yes, Pizzagate. Milo Yiannopoulos. Um, he's speaking about Pizzagate, and so you can actually he live stream. He's live streaming it at 7 p.m. tonight, um, Eastern time, but you can find it on his YouTube channel after. So it's just called Milo Yiannopoulos, his YouTube channel. But um, yeah, I haven't. I obviously haven't watched it yet. But I'm. I've enjoyed many of his talks, so I'm sure there will be something you know um, interesting about it. Yeah, and um, what's interesting about him is he covers. He's been doing this uh, tour where, and uh, people are just going to go and and watch him for yourself because he's too hard to just, just try to describe. But <laughs> he's uh, like yeah. kind of the left's worst nightmare because uh, <laughs> he himself is a is a proud homosexual and. Um, he's all these stereo. The, what they try to do is, is put him in a stereotype and, and bash him in the news, but they can't seem to do that. And he's very mm-hmm. well spoken and, and very smart, and is able to, um, you know, kind of just show where the the mainstream media and their ideologies are are, um, mm-hmm. you know, have holes in it. And he's able to, yeah. you know, poke through these holes and at the same time uh, make a whole lot of college kids upset and angry to the point where they shut down some of his speeches mm-hmm. with fake bomb threats and. And yeah. uh, acts of violence and whatnot, but um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what he has to say on the subject uh, on from his YouTube channel. I'm definitely going to be watching that after the show tonight, also. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. if if I can ask Brittany, uh, many, well, 
the artwork, and I know this is kind of going backwards a tad, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go here anyway. The artwork, the sculptures, um, mm-hmm. at uh, the Podesta, uh, reportedly. Well, I guess it's not even reportedly. I guess this was verified. The sculptures at the Podesta brothers' houses, the various mm-hmm. houses, um, disturbing as well. One that seemed to indicate, uh, or seemed to replicate the, uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, victim was that um, Tony's or, or that was in Tony and Heather Podesta's home okay. yes and so there's conflicting reports at this point on that so some people it, it very much you know does look like um, the exact same way that, that Jeffrey Dahmer would position his victims so you know that's what a lot of us initially believed it was the exact same position even with the head missing and everything but then um, uh, some other people are saying that they're an artist, the arc of I forget what it's called, it's some famous piece but it's basically the same position and it's called the arc of something I'm, I don't, I'm, forgive me, I don't remember the name but so so we're not sure where that is yet on that so there's certain things that are that are still up, up in the air that we don't like to specifically talk about we're trying to only talk about um, what we actually know but what's difficult also is I, I don't know. It, it seemed to happen, you know, overnight. But there is, is such a um, has been such a massive, um, you know, influx of disinformation trolls and you know people trying to get the you know the the people researching this to retweet misinformation or you know sending it to them and um, um, trying to you know make us discredit ourselves, you know, because the the mainstream media is having a very hard time doing that. So they need. You know, to have us mess up and then we'll look like fools and then, you know, they can discredit the whole thing because we were wrong about something. So we're trying to be very cautious at this point, particularly because of what happened yesterday. Um, you know, no one should be encouraging, you know, any sort of harassment on the, the suspects of this investigation or any kind of violence. Um, that's, that's someone who truly cares about this investigation will not do that because it's only going to cause damage. It's not going to help anything. So, um, um, I should also point. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. No, you. Um, I was please. just going to say. I, I should also point out that anyone um, who's listening and, um, you know, is very you know interested in this investigation, um, you know, we all have a part that we can play. You know, most of the people investigating this have no no kind of credentials, you know, whatsoever, or any kind of background in journalism. They're just like I, I've said before, just average, you know, citizens that are very concerned about what potentially might be going on here. So um, if you, you know, you can examine all of, you know, the findings yourself through numerous sources. There are so many on, if you type in Pizzagate to YouTube, you're going to get, you know, a flood of them or even on the internet. Um, if you go and look over the findings yourself, you'll, you know, you'll be able to hopefully be objective. And if you see what we're seeing, then it, it, it's very important to get a, a large discussion going on in our country about this. Um, you know, so like spread the word about it if you believe that this holds credibility because, um, the way that we're going to get, you know, an, an investigation opened is by a massive, you know, national discussion about this and putting pressure on our law enforcement to open an investigation and see if there's anything there. Because if, if there's even the slightest chance that there is, um, you know, who knows how long it's been going on and, and, you know, it, it, it needs to be stopped. We need to put an end to it and we do have the power in numbers to do so. 
um, is, but, you know, in an organized fashion, of course, you know, without any violence, just hopefully, you know, we can yeah, um, no. get investigation open that way. But I do see that it will be a group effort. It's no one person, you know, it's a group effort and a national concern. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And one thing that, um, you know, is different about uh, this investigation is the thousands of people who are independently researching it and the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the technology of the uh, New World Order satanic elite, if you will, is being used against them. And this is why you see, you know, the swift crackdown from the uh, Internet being transferred to the UN yeah. uh, for ICANN to the uh, what we're seeing today and, and yesterday, you know, about the fake news and the, you know, crack cracking down on fake news now social media sites are going to try to weed out fake news and they're tying that in with extremism and uh, all because of the one incident we saw yesterday and yeah. um, that tells me that this investigation is on to something because oh. when they go through you know usually the media will they'll just if, or the powers that be will just you know laugh at you if when you're exposing them mm-hmm. unless you're on to something and yeah. I, I also wonder you know the story about the the recount how much of the recount story mm-hmm. is a disinformation story to take away from the Pizzagate information? And I think a lot of the Hillary Clinton uh, uh, politicians and, and people who worked for her thought that this stuff would go away once the election was over. Even mm-hmm. Well, not if she won, but since Trump won, you know, she was just going to go quietly into the night. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people who identify as Democrats are taking it personally um, when you hear Trump saying, you know, we're not, I'm not trying to hurt the Clintons, we're not going to go after her, um, but you see this continuation into the investigation of the emails and now into this Pizzagate to the point where they've had to create their own news narrative and fake news about it, as we talked about, and are now trying to crack down on the, the free speech of others. Um, how is the, uh, from the citizen journalists that you've been working with, how's the reach? Is it just in the United States, or are there people outside of the United States that are working uh, with you guys as well? Oh, yes. There's actually, I think, many people outside the United States because um, I, I think this investigation has kind of, you know, it, it has created a discussion, you know, even even worldwide. You know, like, for example, Reality Calls, like I've mentioned before, she um, her real name is Tara. She is from England. So um, it, there are many people, though, like in Australia, I've had several people from Australia email me and say, you know, um, we have, you know, this in Australia as well. A lot of people, you know, are, are, are you know, questioning maybe, you know, their their governments as well. And, you know, b- but based off, you know, suspicious findings such as ours, you know, such as what we have found. So it is creating a, a um, the effect of it is far greater than anything we could have anticipated. We thought, you know, it was just concerning our election and our, you know, D.C. Um, politicians and elites. Um, potentially, uh, so it, it's gotten so much bigger than, than we could possibly imagine, and that's the thing that this investigation is so big. We really need to contain it and um, keep a, a linear focus um, because I think in exposing and being able to prove one thing, it will create a domino effect that will, um, you know, resonate and be able to, you know, expose other things. But if we focus on too much at once, it's going to be impossible to present it to the average person. Um, you know, saying this happened in this part of the world and then there was this and this and this, um, they're, they're not going to be able to digest it. So that's yeah. why, um, I think, and also another thing is this, this investigation is very image oriented. Like there is a lot of information, but 
people respond less to it than they do when you show them the images found, you know, like, you know, um, Heather and Tony Podesta's artwork or James Elefantis's Instagram photos, um, you know, or, or even WikiLeaks email, some things that they've said. Some of the text is, you know, generates a strong response, but, um, it is a very image, image oriented, you know, like when you see these images, it speaks so much. So you almost have to go and, you know, watch some YouTube videos and find, um, and, and watch them yourself and look at the photos and, you know, objectively discern, you know, what you believe to be going on. And, um, yeah, I mean, everyone is welcome to take part in this. You don't have to be, you know, have any special kind of background, but, um, because it does concern, you know, our country's future. If these people are going to be in positions of power, then that affects us. Or, and it, it potentially also affects the children who, you know, could, be you know being harmed or killed or yeah you know, and this is more than a a nationwide um, pedophilia ring this is a a global network and there mm-hmm. have been recent um, uh, news stories where uh, some nationwide pedophilia rings have been broken up in mm-hmm. places like Australia and I think there's something going on in Toronto uh, recently. Yeah, and also uh, Reality Calls, Tara from Reality Calls is going to be on our show the 29th of December. Uh, I know we have a number, I think we have three or four guests who's right. specific, um, we'll be talking, specifically be talking about Pizzagate itself uh, just this month, and she is one of those. Again, that's uh, Tara from Reality Calls from London on uh, Thursday the 29th. Uh, and this is something that, you know, we've been covering. And I think mm-hmm. this is something, where would you tell people to start if they, um, say this is the first time they're hearing about this? W- would it be, you know, the imagery that you talk about? And, Cause you're an author. And one thing that the social media has done, and my dad likes to talk about this, is, is, uh, shorten the amount of attention span of people, it seems, to 160 yeah. characters or whatever Twitter allows. And yeah, what, do you find I it could... harder when people are reading one page versus, you know, a few sentences? Um, yes and no. Yeah, the thing is, yes, because, because we are so, you know, we have so much technology nowadays and social media, the, the attention span is very, is shortened for the average person because, you know, they're always looking in different places. It's very hard to focus. So, I mean, you can train yourself to get that back, but, um, as far as where to start in this investigation, I would, I would recommend just starting, go and, go and watch, um, Reality Calls video. It's called What We Know So Far About Pizzagate. Um, it's on our channel, and that's a good place to start. It, it'll just give it to you, um, you know, it's without, right without including all, all all the details. Yeah, I, so. I, I did, uh, Brittany. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I did put that on HagmanReport.com. Oh, you did? Okay, okay, yeah. great. Um, yeah, I thought that was really um, kind of a good primer for this, um, but it, it just seems like all of the, there are so many pieces everywhere it just mm-hmm. it, it but but you're right with respect to that particular mm-hmm. video yeah i mean you're not going to know anywhere near of you know close to everything that's going on but you'll have um a sense through watching that that video and it'll kind of it'll it'll open the rabbit hole for you so to speak that you can you know go down into and see you know for yourself what's going on um uh, yeah, but um, you mentioned that um, there are, you know, 
all around the world, this is almost like, you know, an epidemic. It's interesting that you said that because actually the BBC themselves ran an article in 2015 saying that sex slave trafficking is at an all-time high and the FBI did describe it as an epidemic. So, you know, it's interesting that they're so quickly, you know, denouncing Pizzagate and yet they published that themselves in 2015. It's at an all-time high. So it's just... You have to question why are they so quickly denouncing this without objectively reviewing all of the information? Um, yeah, you know, and, and all, all all of them have you know just jumped on board, jumped on the bandwagon, and they're all bashing it. I'm I'm not seeing you know anything um, objective being reported. It's just they they want to paint us as crazy. So, um, but the alternative media, you know, there are certain. Um, you know, people that are get, doing doing justice to it and doing great work. So hopefully that will have enough of an impact. But um, it really comes down to the average person getting involved and seeing for themselves what's there and making that decision. And um, if they decide that they do, you know, see that there could possibly, you know, be a pedophile ring, then to spread the word and make other people aware of what's going on. Brittany, one aspect of this and. and Feel free to talk, not talk about this or, or whatever. But I, I, I was amazed. I, one of the email, one of the Twitter uh, messages you sent was uh, the graphic of the girl gone missing in the UK, Madeline McCann. Oh yeah, McCann. However you pronounce her last name, and the Podesta um, looking uh, artist renderings. Uh, what, can you tell us about that? What are your feelings on this? I mean, this is so bizarre. How much do we know about this? Uh, there, there are some things we know and some we don't. So I'll speak a little bit about this. I'm more hesitant to speak about it right now because all the pieces aren't in place yet. But um, Madeline McMahon went missing on May 3rd of 2007. And she was in Portugal. She went missing. And we were trying to, we can tie the Podestas to being in Portugal on, I believe it was July, sometime in July of that same year. There was an anonymous um, source, apparently from the FBI, this is in no way validated, that um, says that the Podestas were in fact in Portugal also on May, May 3rd, 2007. But we cannot verify that yet. And I mean, it, had that been true, that would have been huge because there were two F, um, you know, sketches that came out of, you know, they were allegedly, you know, the suspects that had taken or abducted Madeline and they looked strikingly similar to Tony and John Podesta. But like I said, um, this whole, um, part of the investigation is still up in the air. We have to um, dig around more and do more research on that. A lot of people were focusing more on Comet Ping Pong. There were certain people focusing on on um, Madeline, but it's there's just so many arms of this investigation, and um, that it, that it's difficult to uh, you know um, organize it all. So that's actually something that we are attempting to do at the moment is. Um, um, recruit the best researchers from around the web who we know have been publishing this information into one circle that is connected, you know, um, we'll be able to communicate and that way we can publish all the information in an organized fashion. Everyone will know what's going on um, and there will be no no confusion with who's publishing what or what's true. We can all verify it together, you know, research it and put it out. So that's what, what the goal is um, 
and this has mainly been um, this is mainly a reaction to all the disinformation that's been coming out. You know, some people will say, "Oh, this is true," and then a week later, it turns out it's not true, and then it makes you look, you know, the investigation look silly. Um, uh, but you know, for the most part, like any of the you know any of the Instagram images you find, you know, in videos and stuff, they've all been verified. They're all archive links from actual um, James Alphontis's or his friends' actual Instagrams. Um, so the, most of the images are verified, um, yeah. especially if they're used in the videos. But yeah, there, there's just so much information and we still, it's like this massive puzzle that we're trying to piece together. And sometimes, um, you know, a part of it will look completely confusing, but that's only because a certain piece is missing. And once you get it, then a lot more is clear. So it's ongoing. And we're also really hoping that there's going to be more leaks soon, more WikiLeaks, um, emails released. Um, I know that there were supposed to be, so we're not really sure what's going on though right now with Julian Assange. A lot of people have been tweeting me lately saying, you know. You next. Yeah. Um, yeah, he has not been, he, besides yeah. one interview he gave, I think via phone, he has not mm-hmm. been seen in almost a month or more, if I'm correct. Yeah. And I think his attorney and the director of WikiLeaks was, was killed, um, recently and uh, well, there's a lot well, of questions that are surrounding Assange and if he's still alive and people wanting proof of life. Yes, a lot of people, I mean, I haven't looked into this as much. A lot of people are saying that they think that, you know, he was abducted and is, you know, um being tortured by the CIA or, you know, but but I don't know. So like I know he gave that interview and in that interview he did mention Fidel Castro's death. So that was some, that was an indication to many people that, okay, this is in fact Julian and, you know, the reason that he's not like giving Skype interviews or, um, putting out more information, you know, himself is because he, he lost his internet connection. It was cut. So, but I don't know. So I haven't done, I had time to look in as much to Julian Assange, but I mean, as far as I can see, there's not much to look into because there's not much information out there about where he is. It's a mystery at this point and, I mean, we can only pray that he is safe, uh, but yeah, I, I'm really not um, in the position to to comment for right. um, for sure on on where he is. There's just it's a lot of speculation and a lot of people concerned for him for his safety, um, but um, no one knows for sure. Yeah, the, the the guy that Hillary Clinton referenced to, you know, well, can we just drone him? You know, drone this. Yeah, guy. yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, well, um, okay. The um, I had a question that was really important, at least to me. I thought, mm-hmm. and then it just escaped me. Um, well, we just got a, a few minutes before break, and yeah, if I, I can, oh, I want to take good. the time because you keep referencing the images, the paintings, and the artwork you mentioned earlier. Oh yeah, and you know, you talk about the um, some of the communist planks. If you go back and look at what those were, and some of the New World Order objectives, they talk about how to take art and make it uh, deprived of all morality and, and decency and to really turn it into this. And this is one of the things that, um, you know, really uh, people are labeled as, and we see this in the news, that they're running out of uh, creativity and labels, you know, calling everybody a white supremacist, KKK person who voted for Trump and who's anti-Hillary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and uh, this is part of the objective, but, you know, what they they talked about in the communist planks and it was in a number of different uh, I think even in the UN's charter somewhere it talks about how what they should do with art and to debase art and, and uh, fill it with uh, you know evil and darkness and they've done this with uh, with marriage and that's why people a lot of people were so upset with the Supreme Court's decision on homosexual marriage 
because they thought it was paving the way for legalization of, of pedophilia in our society. And, you know, we've seen um, even the mainstream media have crept closer to this. Uh, I've seen articles of them excusing away uh, convicted sex offenders' behaviors and, um, you know, others saying, oh, pedophilia is not that bad and you know, mm-hmm. trying to, to make it look nice and smooth around the edges. But with the art, I mean, seeing those images of John Podesta in his office um, with the, the cannibalistic uh, intent there, that was very dark. And that was on the same day the spear cooking story came out when I saw that particular piece mm-hmm. of artwork. I have not seen the other artwork that you've talked about yet, but that's something I'm going to uh, look on here during the break and see if I can't find it because I think everybody should see it. We've we'll got a hard drive YouTube. full in the office if you want that. Well, I just want to see the artwork. Folks, we are uh, talking this hour and for the rest of the show with Brittany Pettibone. One more Brittany and her sister are the authors of the Hatred Day series. You can go to tspettibone.com or Britt Pettibone on Twitter. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Final segment on this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our guest uh, joining us from the beginning of the second hour until the end of this segment is Brittany Pettibone. She is a co-author of the Hatred Day series along with her identical twin sister, Nicole. Together they are T.S. Pettibone in the pen name, tspettibone.com or Britt Pettibone at Twitter. Uh, You can find her there. We've covered um, so much uh, regarding the Pizzagate scandal from the beginning you know really to the end and um i guess we can kind of summarize it and get into uh, a few short uh, branches here off the the main tree and um you know a a number of stories has come up the one we were talking about during the break is the fake news do you see um with the internet and all the communications the way they are today the the government really cracking down on independent journalism and how would they regulate that if they are able to get their way in pushing this narrative through Oh, I think that 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 would be extremely um, dangerous for us. I mean, we we can't allow that to happen. Um, the, the the censorship um, they've already been so so basically Twitter right now. It's the CEO of Twitter is completely um, biased. He is not objective in any way. He will ban pro Trump accounts. You know, um, he there was an entire purge of alt right accounts. You know, so you know who said some things maybe some of them shouldn't have said, but then he'll allow, you know, he won't ban accounts that, um, like they verified the Muslim Brotherhood, for example, on Twitter, or they, you know, there are many accounts on Trump. Twitter. Yeah, Assassinate Trump was actually trending on Twitter for a while. Rape Melania was trending on Twitter for a while. You know, these things, it's absolutely abominable that they're, be, you know, that it's allowed to happen. It's so, um, it's so unjust. There is no, there is no objectiveness. Uh, but, you know, that's the war that you fight on Twitter, you know, when, when you sign up. It was also, I don't know if you are aware of the recent, um, Twittergate. Are you aware of Twittergate? No, I don't, not by that name. No. Okay, so, um, there was a gamer named Molly and, um, who I'm actually in contact with now and a close friend of mine named Zero Hour. 
um, he, that he goes by that. That's not his real name. It's a moniker that he goes by. And so both of them, they uncovered over 20,000 accounts of child pornography on Twitter that were being allowed to run rampant on Twitter. These accounts were not being banned. They dumped them all. This happened about a, a little, almost two weeks ago. They dumped them all. Both of them were suspended from Twitter for dump, for exposing this. And, so there was um, Molly, but, and there's that zero hour one. Zero hour. Um, he, yeah, his name is Zero Hour. His, that account was banned though. Um, okay. Because he did that and now he's on a new one. But, um, uh, yeah, so, so just looking at that. So why were they suspended for doing this? They exposed, you know, this entire nest of child pornography on Twitter and yet they were suspended. It's just questions like that you have to ask yourself. Or after all of this was exposed, why was there no investigation opened? You know, to who is producing this and putting it out? You know, it was just completely ignored. Uh, and yeah. you just, is, you have to wonder, so. Is there any way that Twitter could not have known about that? Well, I mean, it could have, it could have, fl- it could have slipped under the radar, but why if after exposing it were they banned from Twitter? Uh, and, 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 and why hasn't Twitter come out with a statement on it? Like, we're going to do our best to rid all of Twitter of this. This is horrible. You know, this is a, this is, you know, very disgusting that this, that this was allowed to, you know, um, run rampant on Twitter and we're, we're going to look into this, you know, um, but instead they're focusing on, you know, the, there should be no alt-right on Twitter, you know, or there should be, you know, no hate speech, which is a completely subjective term. Mm-hmm. You know, hate speech to one person can be a compliment to another. You know, you never know. That's what's so, funny about the, the um, what they call mm-hmm. the snowflake generation and the, the, the left and their, you know, tolerance. They're intolerant of everything they don't agree with, uh, and they're mm-hmm. tolerant, you know, and want you to be tolerant of all their ideas. But, you know, mm-hmm. they'll ban you and they'll, uh, you know, filter you, censor you mm-hmm. and shut you out if you're promoting anything that's different yeah. from what they promote. And that is, you know, the opposite of tolerance. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from this presidential campaign, I saw Madonna today saying, you know, any woman who voted for Trump hates other women. And just, oh, I think people great. have become so, and what you said about the media earlier, you know, that was the most annoying thing, uh, during this presidential election. And during this investigative process, it is the most annoying thing because of all the people with the resources to, to make a difference and, and change things, these people are mm-hmm. not, they're hurting uh, people and uh, doing so with ideas and, and false news stories and then turning around and blaming the actual investigators saying, you know, yeah. their their information exactly. is false. Well, if you had to, to reclassify this, I know Pizzagate is what it's been known by, uh, and I know my dad hates that name. And I agree with them. What would, what Many would we call do. this? Because we know that, you know, Twitter and Facebook are starting to censor these stories. Um, but there's ways around that because they have algorithms that will find any posts that, you know, mention Pizzagate in a negative light and will automatically remove and, and ban those accounts. Um, but what, what would you call this if, if we had to rename it? Well, actually, there was a, there was a hashtag that I use a lot that actually one of the, um, anonymous um, guys that I work with he gave me which I, I thought was actually pretty good it was um, pedophiles so it's kind of a spin on the X-Files so it's P-E-D-O and then files like F-I-L-E-S and I thought that one was good because when you see Pizzagate you don't know what it means if, if you've never heard about it it's kind of like what you know and you have to click on it and like do some investigating but the minute you see pedophiles you know um, 
that there's something, you know, you know what it's in relation to and, you know, immediately. So it catches your attention more. So I've usually, for the most part, been using Pizzagate and pedophiles um, together um, in, in many of my tweets. So. And um, one other question I wanted to make sure I asked you, you know, this topic matter is hard for people to, and it was hard for me at first to want to even research or look into yeah. further because of the, the nature of, you know, dealing with children and, um, well, I guess this is two questions. Have you seen any pushback just due to the topic and subject matter that um, you're getting into uh, from people who might want to investigate this and then from people who might have been followers or uh, people you've associated with online before? Oh, who, who like don't, who don't want to see the investigation? Right. Uh, yes, I have. I've had um, a lot of people uh, unfollow me, you know, either because they didn't believe in it or because they, you know, couldn't handle it. But I've had way, you know, way more people join because there are a lot of people interested in investigating this. But yes, to be honest, I mean, I guess that is a good, a good thing to bring up. You should probably be warned that when going into this, it's not for the faint of heart. And if you, if you have a sensitive mind, it's gonna, it's gonna take a toll on you. It's gonna take a toll on you either way. Um, like myself, I've been in this for weeks and I really have to come up for air every once in a while and just, um, push this all out of my mind because it's, it's it's not it's not something that we should normally you know be you know associating with, um, and the only reason we are is because there's a need. There's 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 less of a desire you know to look at this stuff than there is a need. Uh, so um, yeah, it's very it's 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 very tough stuff to get through. Very heavy and a lot's very disturbing. So just um, you know be warned before you go into it um, that. You know, you're not going to find anything, you know, there's nothing happy. It's all disturbing. So, um, and some of it just completely beyond possibly, you know, some of the implications here, um, possibly, you know, what you can imagine. So, um, and just, just to add to that, actually, um, about the, the whole censorship thing, there was actually a tweet yesterday by Scott Dworkin is his name. Um, I believe in his, on his Twitter profile, it says he runs, he created and runs something called Trump Leaks, but he's very anti-Trump. So apparently he tweeted out breaking, we're filing a criminal complaint on publishers of Comet Ping Pong's Pizzagate information. So, you know, it's getting to that point where people want to shut this down so badly, they're going to probably, you know, start trying in some way to, uh, you know, intimidate through, you know, saying they're going to file a com- criminal complaint or, you know, trying to, get anyone who uses Pizzagate hashtags banned and stuff like that, it's going to pick up. It's going to get a lot more serious and heat up here pretty fast, I think. Um, kind of moving into another direction, uh, I don't know how, how familiar you are with what the NYPD has <laughs> uh, said that they've had, and uh, we've kind of, you know, this was during the, before the presidential election happened on November 8th, the NYPD had one of Anthony Weiner's computers, which had a bunch of Huma Abedin emails on it. And uh, officials from the NYPD came out and said, you know, if the DOJ and FBI don't file charges against Hillary Clinton, we're going to, and we're going to release this evidence. Have you seen any follow-up from the NYPD? And um, I, I guess what happened with, with the NYPD and the evidence they said they had? I know. I haven't seen any follow-up because, um, w- as I heard it, the, the, the NYPD did say that they would... Um, that they would make, you know, some kind of, that they were going to hold a press conference. So, and then that never happened. I guess, didn't the FBI go and seize everything that they had, the NYPD? Not that I heard. <laughs> uh, well, the NYPD, I think, kept... Uh, Copies? Yeah, they, they did. 
So okay. I maybe I shouldn't have said it that. But could be. I mean, it could be that Trump, because I'm sure Donald Trump is aware of all of the, you know, everything that's going on far more than we are. So, in my opinion, he's probably just waiting until he gets into office, you know, to use the information that he has because he has no power to do it now. And should he release it now, it, it might not be a, ba- a good idea because there could be a, some kind of cover-up or something. He, he's not really going to have the power until he's in office. So it could be that they're just holding on to it until he's actually, you know, um, until Inauguration Day, you know, or after Inauguration Day. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I think didn't um, Rudy Giuliani admitted on Fox News that his sources in the NYPD told him that the NYPD had found these emails weeks in advance, I think before... Um, FBI Director Comey announced that the FBI was reopening the investigation. So it could be that Rudy Giuliani was given the details of, you know, what were in the emails by the NYPD and then told Donald Trump, who was already aware, you know, of Hillary's connections. So I, I don't, I don't know. I just know it seems like that the people, um, a lot of the, the higher ups know what's going on, but maybe just aren't speaking about it yet because it, it won't serve a purpose until they actually have power to, um, you know, actually act with that information. So um, that, that's how I've been looking at it. Um, and that's why I've also haven't really believed that there's going to be any kind of formal investigation opened um, under President Obama regarding Pizzagate. I've never believed that for a second or held any hope for that. So Yeah, <laughs> well, me either. Uh, and especially, you know, it's interesting to think about this now. You know, when looking back before the election, when the NYPD said they had this evidence and um, the, the the email investigation was reopened uh, and then closed days before the again before the election, um, passing off any guilt from Hillary Clinton, saying, you know, this is the second time we've looked at this, and no, she's not guilty of of anything, and she did mm-hmm. not intend to to share classified information, even though she lied about that. What do you see from Hillary Clinton? Is she going to just continue to go into the shadows and not to be heard from again, or do you think that she's going to um, continue to to be in the the tip of the spear in politics and you know giving these you know, hundred thousand dollar paid speeches and uh, continuing her activities? Do you think she'll be more low profile? Um, to be honest, I think have to be perfectly honest. I think that Hillary and you know her camp are very scared right now and desperate. Because there are so many crimes of hers that have been proven that, you know, that have come out in the Podesta emails. Um, and she's never been held accountable. Not yet, anyway. Um, you know, it's all just, it's all been dismissed. Just, I mean, um, can you imagine if it was Donald Trump that had done anything, anywhere near what she has done? Do you think that, you know, they would have let him get away with that? They wouldn't have. Um, so I think that she's very scared about Donald Trump getting into office because he can potentially expose, you know, what she's been, you know, everything that she's been doing and, you know, open an investigation and have her, have her prosecuted. I don't know. So I just, I think that, you know, because Trump is an outsider, he's now coming in to, um, you know, the insider's territory and he poses a threat to them, you know, because what Trump threatens everything that they've built. Um, you know, America is almost divided. It's very divided right now. We almost have like two Americas. So yeah, um, we do. And and while we're on this topic, if if you don't mind getting into this a little bit, one uh, when this election, were you voting for Trump or were you voting against Hillary? Because I know a lot of people 
Um, didn't like the choice of Trump, but really um, didn't like Hillary Clinton. Well, look, I've, I've never thought Donald Trump was perfect. He, you know, he says some wild things, you know, and, you know, he, he's, you know, done some, you know, crazy things or, you know, maybe not the best, made the best choices, but I don't claim to be perfect and I don't think anyone is. So I think, you know, we need to realize that he's, he's human. Um, but from the beginning, actually very close to right after he announced his candidacy, I was for Donald Trump. I, I wanted to see him in the White House. I thought that the world has, you know, our country has gotten so outrageous. You know, like the left is getting so outrageous that we needed a candidate outrageous enough to match them aggressive enough, you know, a wild card. That's what we needed to shake things up. Someone not afraid to just say what's on his mind. You know, no more of this, you know, um, being beholden to political correctness, etc. Um, he just, he basically broke the dam, which paved the way for everyone to start saying what they had been thinking for so long. Um, so, I mean, I, I still have hope that he'll, you know, do some great things for our country. I think that there's so much wrong with our country that we can't expect too much of him because you can only fix so much, you know, in, in the four years he's going to be in office. We have so much wrong with our country. But, you know, if he can, um, you know, um, stay true to the to the main points that he's promised, then I think it'd be great, you know, like immigration being one. Um, so... Uh, I, yeah, I really hope that he'll um, go forward and keep all of his promises because um, a lot of us saw him as our last chance, you know, yeah. to, to save our country. So, Any concerns with uh, his relationship with Hillary Clinton uh, from before the election? I know that I think he was at their, or she, they were at his wedding and mm-hmm. um, he's a obviously billion-dollar real estate mogul and yeah. needs to have well, political were, ties. Yeah. At the same time, there was some too-close-for-comfort stuff there that was brought up about Trump. Well, I think, I mean, you, you could you could argue that, I suppose, but I also look at it from the perspective that he was a businessman that needed to fraternize with everyone. He, he, he was both, you know, equally involved with Republicans as Democrats. Um, and he himself switched political parties numerous times. Um, himself, he was never, you know, satisfied with what he would call himself. But I think that, you know, as a businessman, he had to do business with, you know, all of, you know, the different factions of power in order to be successful. So I, I don't necessarily see it as, um, you know, he is secretly, you know, like on her side or anything mm-hmm. like that. I think it's just, um, he, he had no place in politics at that point. So it could have been a completely objective relationship with nothing, you know, political about it. It was just, you know, he helped her out. She helped him out, you know, and, and there were many, many politicians though that he's done business with. Uh, so it never really bothered me because, uh, I mean, his position is just so completely 100% opposite from hers that if he, didn't intend to uphold his promises, it would be a complete 180 and the American people would notice and they would, um, you know, there would be a strong and very um, angry reaction because, you know, we're not going to sit here and justify everything Donald Trump does. If if he does something, if he does step out of line in, in, a, in a serious way, all of us have to be honest enough with ourselves to call him out on it. And, you know, even if it will hurt our pride because we got him elected, you know, and um, it was, you know, we had to fight a lot for him, but, um, I think I still have a lot of, you know, faith in him. And at this point he hasn't made, you know, any, you know, massive, severe mistakes. Um, so I've, I've hoped that he'll do good things and I just, I hope it turns out that way and that he'll, he'll do what he said he would and not, you know, turn on us and, 
lie yeah. to us yeah. because we've been lied to enough. <laughs> Um, uh, going back to the pizza again, and we kind of drifted off into politics there a little bit. Um, what do you hope to see with this investigation? And what, if, as you being an investigator and, and seeing firsthand how this goes, um, I guess what's the best case and worst case scenario? I guess worst case is where we are right now. Uh, yeah, the worst case is them complete, you know, criminalizing us, you know, trying to slap us, you know, with some kind of, I don't know, um, you know, filing criminal complaints, stuff like that. The worst thing they can do right now is shut down the investigation. The thing is, I I, I kind of believe that's impossible because mm-hmm. the more you try and censor us, the louder we get, and that's just how it works. And and I don't understand why the left doesn't understand that yet. But there, there's no possible way they can censor us. We'll find a way. So I think the worst thing, though, they could do is, I don't know, start arresting people who are reporting on this, but I, I don't see how that's possible because... Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know what would lead to that, but they could, yes, just completely ban Pizzagate from all social media. Well, all at least Twitter and Facebook, and you know those, um, those kind of companies. But yeah, um, I don't know. I think, I think you're right though. We are in a in a very, you know, bad spot right now with Pizzagate because the MSM is, you know, coming down on us so hard. But and that, um, you know that tells me that um, that there's something there uh, to be looked at. Yeah, for sure. Um, because, you know, you don't see this kind of pushback on everyday stories. And even uh, one thing, yeah. one story that comes to mind is Sandy Hook. Um, and you had, you know, a lot of people questioning the legitimacy of that event. Mm-hmm. And this is an event where, you know, um, dozens of children were reportedly killed in a, in a shooting. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we, we kind of saw what they're doing here. But what they're doing here, the tactics that they're using, they're, they're seeming to want to to, to bring the hammer full swing down um, mm-hmm. when it comes to this investigation. And I think it's because it's so widespread and it involves people in high places of power, both in the public and private in- industry, and it's a global operation. We're talking about a $30 billion industry, um, mm-hmm. sex trafficking, sadly, a year. And, um, you know, these people are... It's horrific to think what they go through. Have any yeah. victims uh, of this type of behavior of sexual uh, pedophilia rings contacted you or the, your investigative team about any um, things that they went through? Um, they haven't, but something interesting is many of the women involved in this investigation, I'm not going to say who, but many of them have actually told me, you know, a lot of them are either, you know, victims of some kind of molestation or sexual assault or even rape. There have actually been many, uh, many people who are looking into this now. I think maybe to, for closure to kind of help, you know, um, help the children because they know what it's like. But yes, many of the women are, and that's that's some that's something really um, interesting. It's, it's actually not surprising to me though. But um, uh, so as far as that, I suppose you could say we've we've spoken a lot, but they don't just directly contact me, um, being uninvolved in the investigation. One of the things that um, Russ is there is a frequent guest on our show, and if you're uh, unfamiliar with Russ, he's a he um, helps victims of satanic ritual abuse and deals with mm-hmm. the multiple personality disorder. Oh, right. And he um, this is something he's done through his whole career. Uh, ShatterTheDarkness.net is his website. He has a book called The Black Awakening. But uh, he travels from location to location to deal with people who have been victims of satanic ritual abuse and. It is much more widespread and frequent than people would like to believe. And if anything yeah. comes of this investigation, I hope that the exposure um, 
of you know what these people are doing and how dark and nefarious uh, people at the upper echelons of power uh, what they that they wield and how they control it and how they manipulate other people. And it, it, one thing, two things I'd like to see out of this is um, indictments and, and prosecutions coming down. But if people just realize that you know the the mainstream media and the the organizations that they trust for their information, if they just do their own research they'll find are completely uncredible and have, you know, really exposed themselves during this last election cycle and, you know, the continuation from that, mm-hmm. uh, that I just, you know, that we, we get to a point where we don't need them. And this is why I think another reason that we're seeing the actions that we're seeing from the legal standpoint, from the social media and, and fake news uh, censorship mm-hmm. to what you talked about in the weaponization of, of litigation uh, mm-hmm. From different lawfare, people, yeah. absolutely lawfare, uh, threatening to sue, you know, um, yep. to to back people down. I just hope that for every you know one person who gets intimidated, that a hundred or a thousand more uh, do come up and and take their place. Exactly. And and that's one thing that's great about the internet and about people um, like us and like you and the alternative and independent media who um, can get out there and 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 say these things and investigate these things and. Uh, pave the way for other people because this is not going to end well if everybody just sits back and uh, keeps their mouth shut we can't mm-hmm. be silenced into uh, we can't be intimidated into silence and i think yeah, that exactly. you know we have to be the examples regardless of what the punishment of that might be and, and Brittany, if i can just add this in closing i just want to say thank you you are such a great person in my view you your, you. And your sister um you've done a, such a great service and you are so articulate. You're a young lady. I mean, my goodness, you're 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 my daughter's age. And uh, um, if I was your dad, I'd be doggone proud of you. So, uh, oh, thank you, know. you. I appreciate that. But uh, no, I, I just I, I really believe that your work is going to make a huge difference. Your work has is going to have a huge impact on the future of our country. And I'm proud to know you, and I'm proud to be able to. Uh, to, to say that you've appeared on our show and uh, I do hope you come back uh, again oh I would love to it's it's really it's been such a pleasure um, being on the show so I, I hope so and I'd absolutely love to anytime alright all right. Well, well thank you Joe I'm, I'll go ahead I'll kick it back to you yeah um, and we have we are at the end of the program um, the, your book Hatred Day series is available on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and you have uh, you and your sister are writing Verdict Day, um, and that's going to be coming out in 2017. Uh, correct. Yes. All right. And again, folks, go to tspettibone.com or Britt Pettibone on Twitter, and you can uh, follow her on Twitter. Or uh, again, like go- we do. Yeah, we stalk her actually. I want to thank you for joining us again, and uh, you have a great evening. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Well, folks, what'd you think of the uh, sp- uh, what'd you think of the video uh, first time out? First time yeah. out. Eric, first I want to thank Eric the Tech for his, his work in this. I really do. W- what a great job, Eric! Thank you so much. Everyone, give him a round of applause. There you go. Our studio live studio audience. What's uh, the Twitter? Real Tech Eric. Real Tech Eric. That's right. Follow Eric at Real Tech Eric. We got a great week. Um, More on this, though, just so people know. Oh, yeah, this is something that we're going to be 
Yeah, we're always looking at. And, there are different and, angles to this too. Brittany did a great job in, in the overview. Uh, John Robertson, God bless you, John. If you're listening, um, you're setting things up. Um, different angles, like tomorrow night, the rest of this week. It's kind of detective week this week. Yeah, we have uh, William Ramsey who's going to be joining us yeah. for an hour and a half before Standeo tomorrow. Um, and then uh, Wednesday we have uh, Sean from SGD, SGT Report. Yep, He'll be on for an hour with us uh, before Pastor Langford. We have Dave Hodges followed by Andrew Kerr on Thursday. Andrew Kerr is extremely... Uh, up on this uh, very yeah. very well as I said we got a few um, in the rest of this month we have a few guests dealing with Pizzagate uh, specifically which is a very important topic for I mean where we are right now especially with everything that's going on in the news and then Friday EMP expert Dr. Peter Vincent Pry oh, my goodness. will be joining us for the final EMP two expert. hours he was the deputy uh, deputy uh, head of the CIA deputy uh Check him out, okay? He, I mean, this guy's credentialed out the wazoo. Am I allowed to say that? Credentialed out the, out wazoo? the wazoo? I yeah. don't see why not. All right. But, um, and, and folks, if you don't mind, uh, if you, if you check, uh, watch, uh, first of all, go back and listen to Joe last night on, on Dave Hodges, did a tremendous job. And then today, um, check. He did a couple interviews today. Yeah. Um, check Alex Jones and watch that and, Watch the witness. Uh, I was on for I think an hour and a half. The last half hour was the witness who was at Comet Ping Pong yesterday when the gunman came in. Watch that segment. I'd be interested in your thoughts. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I listened yeah. to it from the other room yeah. when the yelling started. <laughs> when the series started, you guys, watch the video. It'll be a good interview. I'm going to watch it later, but um, that'll do it for us tonight. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, again, tomorrow, uh, we have the first half hour open. William Ramsey will be joining us uh, after that, followed by Stan Deo in the last hour. So it's going to be a, a great show again tomorrow. And we have the whole week just filled to the, to the brim. So um, each and every night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, we'll be right here. So tune in or watch the archive. Until then, stay safe, God bless, and have a great evening. Mm-hmm.